Let me know when you're ready, Eddie. Oh, thank you, by the way, Kevin, for being here. Yeah, yeah, no. I appreciate thank it. Thank you man. for having me. Uh, by the way, we are a Disney Channel kind of show, so. Sure, yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> nah, hell no. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> no, no, you you okay. curse up a story. Hey, you don't even worry about funny, that. because, no, I mean, I've watched so many shows, and I come on, and they're like, oh, by the way, we would like to keep it PG. I'm like, what? Nah, all fuck right, that. Sure. Today? <laughs> Is it just that. today? We're keeping... All right, all right. <laughs> nah, totally joking. Be yourself. Yeah. All right, bet. All right. Uh, let me see here. Whiskey for breakfast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I still it reminds me of that one time I went to see the UFC.
You're tuned into news across the galaxy where they talk all things LA Galaxy with the Nag Boys. Let's start nagging. Welcome to News Across the Galaxy, where we talk all things LA Galaxy. Sometimes a little bit of USMT, sometimes some wrestling, and sometimes just some random ass shit. How's everybody doing? My name is Bryant. I am joined, as usual, my co-host, Mr. Edgar Zuniga. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, usually, I'm here at, at uh, Nag Tower East, but today... I heard we had a special guest, so I wanted to get a jump on things, and I I, I flew out here to the Midwest, and I think I got lost. I lived in Kansas before, but I really don't know where the hell I am. Um, I think, Kevin, am I in your backyard? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, I got on? you. I got you, bro. Uh, just take a just drive three more miles, take a ride. There's an airport. I get you back home. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And of course, that unfamiliar voice, uh, all the way from Kansas, a, with a very nice mustache. Hey, uh, Argentine. Down. Hello, Kevin Cho. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, guys. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm very course, excited to course. come on. Time, time to talk some, some with some galaxy folks, you know? I don't know. Like, let me see. I'm trying to think. I don't think, and I hope I don't put anyone on blast. I don't think I've talked to a galaxy-specific podcast. So, debut. <laughs> yes. So, nervous. we're the first ones exclusive. You heard that here yeah, first exclusive, on the exclusive. Yeah. baby. <laughs> yes, that's right. Before yeah, we get into anything, though, Edgar, yeah. you, you know what your background reminds me of? Do you guys remember that Smash Brothers commercial, the first ever Smash Brothers commercial, <laughs> where they're running through <laughs> the field and they kick the shit out of yeah. each other? No matter how they toss the dice. It's beautiful. It looks very peaceful. Be. It's very they nice. Wait a minute. What's that voice I hear? Is there somebody else here? So oh, wait a minute. Who's on the ones and twos? And of course, on the ones and twos, not on camera today because he's fucking ugly. Uh, <laughs> God, my, damn. My very dear, my dear, dear friend. Eddie, how you doing, Eddie? <laughs> not so good after that comment, you Hell. fucking dick. Gee, hey, that's I, two I shows in a row. You forget about Eddie, man. That is two shows in a row. My bad, though. I, I, you do exist. Sorry. You do exist. You You matter. Anyway, very important. <laughs> um, let's start off with the basic stuff. Giving uh, chill. Mm. You support a team that is an originator from the 1996 inauguration of MLS. Right. You, your background is Argentine. How did this yes. connection to this specific team come about? Yeah, the story is like, not it's it's uh it's weird because when we so i moved okay so skipping a lot of the background here i was i'm from argentina my most of my family's from argentina but my nat my dad is american so once we moved to the united states um it was like we i mean i don't think it was gonna be a set thing we're gonna be in kansas forever it was like a timed thing uh but once it became a thing where we knew okay we're gonna be here for a while uh, I started growing up just kind of only knowing one thing, and it was, you know, the football in Argentina. And my brother didn't watch any other football around the world, and mostly because I'm sure you guys are 
obviously aware. It was like in South America, you can kind of only watch what they got, especially at the time. It's not like we had satellite TV or watching the Premier League or anything at the time. Uh, so I only had one thing. I only had one kind of viewpoint of football or soccer until once I got uh, got a little older, I've heard that there was a professional team in in Kansas City on the Kansas side. And I just didn't really understand what that was. I didn't know what MLS was. Uh, so like by 2010, 2011, I thought, look, now I could watch games. I can like go to games. It'd be kind of interesting to go to one of these games. And one of the first ever game, maybe my second game ever, uh, was the 2013 MLS Cup final, which hey. was a pure surprise. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was my older brother who still to this day does not watch anything other than Argentinian football, but he was just like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to hang out in Kansas City. We're going to, we, were, we had this whole day planned. And I was kind of confused because, I mean, they were telling me to wear like super warm, crazy jackets. And I'm just like, what are we, like, we're going to be outside. And then I found out like, you know, 20 feet outside of the stadium, like, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to this MLS Cup final that none of us really knew anything about. And ever since then, I've just been a sporting fan. So it's, I always joke around it saying like, it's my adopted club and, it really feels that way. So it, 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 which not to skip to where we're going to go into, but makes things a little bit weird uh, down the road when you're, you're passionate about something or you care about something and it feels like a side club. Uh, you get like kind of like weak, mixed feelings, but, but yeah, it, it got me into M MLS. It got me into the American game. Then I started watching, you know, Team USA very rarely, to be honest, but like it just started opening doors that I didn't even know were there. Got me excited that, the U.S. does care care about the sport. There are fans here. There are very passionate fans that I thought didn't even exist. Um, and like, there's like a real future. And and that was then. And then compared to now, it was like whole different league. That was even that's like you know, eleven years ago. And I don't know, the last three years we're in a different league. You know, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, and you you know, Galaxy is one of those teams that a blue blood, a team that you know is like the OG when you think of MLS, I think everywhere in the world. So um, it was, it's just nice to support a club that's just been here for so long and had to transition through all the crazy stages, you know? Well, well interesting. Oh, go ahead. I, I will, I'll go for it. Actually, real quick uh, on the chat, I uh, just want to address this real quick uh, for uh, Kevincho. Uh, Andrew Alessana, who's actually one of the capitals and I believe presidents of Riot Squad, which is one of the supporter groups here with the Galaxy. Uh, he said, uh, shout out to SKC fans for doing good work uh, to change their front office. So hey. obviously get into that. Which we'll get into that conversation <laughs> a bit. But before that, yes. I wanted to, um, the comparison, not a comparison of the fandom, because I know I see your background, you, you're a River fan. Uh, the Argentine League is known to have some wrong bushes fans that are psychos yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> since yeah. you started watching kansas to where it is now just in general yeah league aspect do you think mls is onto something when it comes to having the fans here and having the actual sport be something you can actually watch as a world yeah. football advocate yeah i've I'm trying. I know what podcast I'm in right now, so I'll be careful what I'm saying. But like, no, 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 let it loose, for, let it loose. <laughs> for a while, <laughs> I think go, for man. a while, like, honestly, like sporting is not a club. I would say like, 
gives me any of those vibes. And that's just, um, I don't know, puro... Let me be careful. I don't think we just have the the diversity sometimes in this area, in, in ah. my opinion, where I don't see... <laughs> I don't see that, and that, it's not always that, but like sometimes it's just the knowledge of how to, how to, how, what you should do as a, a supporter group, and what and what a real supporter group is like. So what is a real football atmosphere? At one point, sporting was like one of those clubs that looked like they knew what they were doing. They made this stadium that at the time was like a really nice stadium, especially for MLS. Um, they they it looked like they were going the right direction, and it felt that way. And then it got really stale. Like that's for us, but. On the other hand, we have newer clubs that are coming in that are showing other teams, including us, what it's like and what you it should be like uh, to, to have that type of environment. That's like your Austins were really good, especially last year uh, or the year before. Um, LAFC is pretty good. I'm just going to say on Not that yet. as well. We have admitted um, that here. We have admitted okay, that here. Okay. Uh, but, but, you know, they, it's a lot of vibes. And it, those are things that do remind me of that. Of course, like, a 80,000 seat stadium is not going to compare to a 23,000 seat stadium. So there, you have that. But yeah. when it comes to passion, I mean, yeah, outside the games, I, I've seen, that's why I want to go out to LA and just experience what that's like. What, what is it like to like spend an, a couple hours before the game and, and, and get like smashed drunk and then go in and then go crazy. And, and that's, that's what I, that's what I like. I don't know if you LA galaxy fans feel the same way, but sometimes I'm just like, man, like it's possible. We could do it. Like my club could do it, your club could do it. It's just like something's not there, something's not clicky, or whatever, it, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, no, I think we're on the right track. It's just we're so early that it, these these leagues had a hundred years to go through this, and they had all the the generations of of fans that where it becomes like um, religion. It becomes kind of yeah, religion. It becomes a little scary <laughs> if I wore a certain color in a certain area. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna have that in in the U.S. I don't think, but. Uh, but yeah, I think we're 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 on our way. Just no no panics. I think some clubs like I'm gonna say my club needs to wake up because at at some points I'm like, man, I've been to last couple of games I went to. I I would be on. I mean, I could have I could have fell asleep in that that stadium, dude. Like I could sit seat, you know, put my feet up, sit back, you know, relax and just chill. But that's that's just not what I feel like it should be. It should kind of be crazy, but. I don't know. I think it depends on the market. It depends on so many things, but I think we, we're we're on our way, slowly. Edgar, same question to you. Uh, I know you've been following the league since since it's inception, and you've been a reporter in this league for a very long time. What have you seen the progress in this league uh, compared to world football? Oh, it's it's like night and day to me uh, because I remember. Uh, I was there at the very first Galaxy game where uh, the Galaxians had already formed at that point, but it was still just, you know, a small group of people and they were still trying to figure out some of the chance. Interesting enough, um, the the a gentleman we spoke to who was the original president of the Galaxians, uh, he's Argentino. He's a big fan of Club Independiente and a very good friend of mine. Uh, him is Ozzy Gomez. And uh, he was the guy who pretty much got everything started with the Galaxians. So, Kevin, that's something that's really nice. Eh? Feather in, in Argentina's yeah. cap. Um, and so, but at the beginning, it was really hard to get people on board with like, hey, you know, we got to do these nice elaborate chants. Right. But it, it was very simple. It was more like boom, 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 LA Galaxy, which to this day is still like the go-to like fallback, you know, yep. chant. Right. right. 
but over the years, you know, there's been a maturation period. There are stages that the league has gone through, and LA Galaxy has been there every step of the way. LA is, is a global city, so we have a lot of influences coming in, a lot of people putting, you know, their own ingredients into the pot. And what we have now at the stadium is a, is a very nice and tasty environment, whether you're a local or it's your first time or you're a visitor. You're going to come in and you're going to have a good time. Now, you mentioned LAFC. LAFC is, I guess, it's a more condensed version of that. But uh, a lot of times you're going to hear Galaxy fans say that, uh, you know, they consider them plastic because they do uh, mic them up, which is interesting. Uh-huh. They mic up their supporters. And they do have, like, on the video board, you know, what the chance should be. So that way, you know, the crowd can join oh, them. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's, you know, you think, oh, this is nice, you know, very organic. You hear Taylor Twelman, you know, just like, oh, on TV, right? <laughs> Every time, but, Taylor is such a deep throater, <laughs> Calm bro. down, Taylor. <laughs> and so, really. uh, so, you know, I mean, you mean, Good for them, I guess, you know, because, you know, they're trying to get, you know, the, you know, people that maybe aren't interested, you know, to go in the game to understand and get, you know, their, their primer into the league. Um, so, but you got to do it one way or another, right? Credit, I got to give credit to the guys out in Charlotte, the guys in St. Louis, the guys in Atlanta, because when I first heard that, let me, give, let me begin with Atlanta, because I remember the old Superbacks and I remember how they would draw well, but never ever that I ever believed that they could fill up a big stadium and they yeah. would just fill up, you know, that original football stadium where, you know, Georgia stadium. And then they filled up Mercedes Benz. And I hear that the atmosphere there is incredible. Right. And then I, I heard about what was going on in Charlotte and I was like, wait a minute. I thought North Carolina FC was going to get that bid, you know, cause I, I, I know the, I, I was, I got to know the, the owner and president of that team. And I really thought that they had things going and out of nowhere, here comes Charlotte at the last minute. And, they happen to go from there to like one of the destinations to go to an MLS. And I, I can tell you that for a fact, cause I was out there in the summer uh, to watch the U S play Trinidad. And I really had a good time before hanging out with some of the locals. I'm hoping to go there again um, this spring to watch galaxy play them on in May. And uh, I'm friends with the guys in the Charlotte FC and TV uh, pod. And they're like, man, you got to come down have a good time. You have some Carolina barbecue. My yeah. wife's from North Carolina. So I, I completely know what to expect. Yeah. Um, and then we have the guys in St. Louis, which is, you know, interesting because we're, we're, we're bringing it, you know, cir- circling back to you guys right now. You guys have been around and I mean, you guys, I mean, Kansas city has been around since the beginning, right? A legacy right. club. And I remember uh, at the beginning, yes, I would watch games where galaxy would play arrowhead and you see the smattering of Kansas city fans. And you're like, huh? I wonder, you know, what the atmosphere is like at that cavernous stadium, right? Right. And for a while there, it looked like they were gonna, they were, they were gonna slowly fade out, like uh, Miami Fusion did, and like Chivas USA, but and like Tampa Bay Mutiny, because you guys were playing in a baseball stadium, right? And then what ended up happening afterwards, which I've always called the greatest reclamation project in MLS history, is going from there, like you said, to going into this beautiful little stadium. Uh, which had, which interestingly enough, what's the blueprint for LAFC stadium from what I heard, right? They yeah. looked at that as an inspiration and they decided to build a stadium kind of to, um, you know, be in, you know, as an inspiration and yeah. it was an inspiration for a, a lot of MLS stadiums. And for, yeah, for a while there, I was like, wow, they're doing things really good in Kansas city. Yeah. And, but you're absolutely correct. I I've noticed that for a while there, you know, Kansas city's kind of fallen off a bit. I don't know. It has to do with the, with the, with what the club's been doing, but here comes St. Louis, right? 
And St. Louis historically has been known as one of the, you know, the cradles of U.S. soccer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they've always had some kind of history with the sport. And what they did last year, not just, you know, as a club uh, on the field, but off the field, the fans and everything, it's yeah. amazing. We, we spoke to Matt Baker, uh, you know, from Flyover Footy uh, podcast. He covers St. Louis. And he was explaining to us, like, all the stuff that goes into game day preparation and what the fans do and how all the supporters are come together. And I feel like, yes, that's amazing. And, but you know, you're standing on the shoulders of giants because all these other people paved the way for you guys to get there, but at the same right. time, much credit to what you guys have done. Yeah. And I really hope that the legacy clubs, I'm talking like Kansas city, Chicago, Colorado, yeah. all these guys eventually like look at this and say like, Hey, you know what? We were here at the beginning. We feel like we got left behind. It's time to up our game. Yep. But it all comes down to a cultural thing too, right? And I like the, I live in Kansas, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> um, it's a lot of college football. Yeah, and a lot of college basketball, especially in your area. Right. So Good it's job. it's real hard to like break through unless it's something momentous like the World Cup. Exactly. So, so uh, there's a couple more questions. Uh, kind of upset, honestly, because. Kevin, uh, Kevin Cho comes in and he's like way more popular than we are. We got like no questions. <laughs> We're, it's 11 a.m. local Jack, time. Come on. Yeah, and he's true. getting are... more, <laughs> more questions than we do on primetime Sundays. Yeah, I, I paid people to get that. Those are all paid uh, my ultras. Thank you for joining. Uh, maybe, maybe not because this uh, uh -oh. next question actually comes from CLTFC fan tv hell yeah started started guys what's up guys oh, yeah. <laughs> he wants to know what is your prediction for tomorrow's game what's tomorrow's game he said tomorrow you guys apparently you guys have a friendly against charlotte ah get the fuck out of here I don't fucking care about this. <laughs> come on dude this is like uh uruguay telling me oh we have four world cars like dude i don't care it's like always things i i, I think the best part about these friendlies is it's closed door bro keep it closed so i saw people making tweets about like preseason games and they're like man we're look 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 where this player is going because they're showing a 30 second <clears throat> clip of a goal and they're like unbelievable like why is this player not standing over here he should be dude do you guys know what these these cats are doing right now these guys are goofing off all right they're having they're they're just now getting going i don't know what's going on uh in preseason but look uh here's my here's my prediction for the charlotte people um it's gonna be a three two game <laughs> uh hat trick johnny russell that there you hey. go you're welcome and speaking if it's of, not that i don't know ball speaking of johnny russell there was such yeah. a big he oh, uh, lied to my face advocation <laughs> that we wanted him here i wanted See, there him. was a there was a moment where he wanted out of kc and we're like yeah. man if we could land this man we'd be yeah, yeah. a premier team and you fuckers kept them we wanted hey, listen, him here. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. If he, if Johnny Russell's not on your team, you don't like. He's just like. He's, he's really menace. good. He's, he's good, really but good. he's just like in your face. He like the referees are jokingly have just almost like a fear of this man. This guy gets in your face, but I the man. He's my favorite player by far. It's been like when I started watching the the league, it was like Zusi who just, which is insane that he's just now left the club, but. Uh, so I started watching and Zussi was my guy. I love Zussi. And then when Johnny came, oh my God, like fell in love. Cause that is the type of person that reminds me of like South American football where it's just, or, or even, you know, players in Mexico and like guys who are just passionate and like in your face, always wanting to fight for every ball. That was like super like attractive to me. 
uh it would have broke my heart if you went <laughs> if you went to la man that would have oh that would have killed me fun fact yeah, about eddie, eddie had a moment with him i did no, but, no, uh, yeah i uh <laughs> you did. he had a frustrating like half uh i think we were beating him at halftime or something whatever and i was yeah. in the champions lounge and like uh he was on the bench that's what it okay. was that's the day he fucking broke Casares' knee uh, <laughs> yeah, that game. That game. Uh, yeah, that's probably why he didn't follow through. Right. Uh, time, like, uh, like I, sh- I, sh- I shook his hand as he was going through the the tunnel, and uh, my friend, good friend Aaron, our good friend Aaron, we told him to to come. Hey, man, come to LA. We'll start you here. Something along those lines. And he looked at us and he smiled, and I was like, "That's it. He's coming." <laughs> Hell yeah! He said, "We got him." Boy. Yeah. He's Johnny Russell to the G's confirmed. Coons, eat your heart out, man. Uh, hey, but fun fact about Susie—I don't know if you know this—and everybody else knows this—that he was actually going to be on The Bachelor, or he was going to oh, be The yeah. Bachelor. Yeah. Do you know yeah, that? Did you guys that. know? That? I heard that. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And, I mean, dude, I. Yeah, and you know what? He's perfect, or he would have been perfect. <laughs> this guy, that I'd guy is him. a god. I don't, man, that man. Saint Susie. Little... San Susie. He is a good. He is a god in Mexico. San oh, Susie. Right, yeah. <laughs> San Susie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we yeah, do have man, another like, question in, in the yeah. chat from uh, Big Capo, my tribal chief, <laughs> Samoa Bob. <laughs> What's the vibes with the support groups currently in Kansas City? I know a lot of people were upset about the Caldron. Not making a statement early. The cauldron. Yeah, listen. Yeah, you put too much accent on that because oh. uh, let me tell you about that. The cauldron. All right, boys. Um, <laughs> so I don't look. This is because I'm learning as much as I can in the last couple years about how supporter groups work here. So if I step on anyone's toes, I'm sorry. But um, the supporter groups are, in my mind, it's like the sporting. It's like. This vanilla sporting group of people, I'm so glad that they take the time and do what they do from time to time and whatnot. But here's the thing. When there's anything going on with the club, especially anything negative, uh, these people are the worst to go to. (laughs) Just point blank. These guys don't say anything or they they just make it look like things are being done behind the scenes. Their biggest thing with this Gavin situation was we're going to have a Q&A and talk to fans about the situation. What is a Q&A going to do? I have no idea. Uh, am I, and, and then I've talked to friends that have been in the cauldron or, for, or you know, actually left the cauldron recently. And they're just like, it's, I don't know if it's just not enough people are trying to help or if they're just slim or whatever the, the situation is. Uh, but it is super embarrassing on, on the side of like, is this supposed to be a passionate group? These people care about it. I mean, one of the biggest things if I when I came when I brought my uh this is gonna be a weird thing to bring up, but like I have a brother, he's my half brother. His dad, not my dad, is from Argentina. He came to the United States and he went to a sporting game. I vividly remember sitting in the game and hearing uh what what chant, like this come on sporting chant go off. And I remember like being in, so embarrassed because it just sounds awful. It sounds like an eight-year-old came up with this song, and this guy is used to like songs and, and you know a stadium full of eighty thousand people where they come up a song every week. You know, you know, you guys get the vibes. Mm-hmm. And I think from then on, and I was like thirteen, fourteen. From then on, I'm just like, this is, this is it's not good. Horrible. It is, <laughs> this is, uh, and it's this, the song still happened. So it, and last time I went, it it came up again. I remember looking at my wife. Who my wife doesn't even give a crap about football at all, which has been great. 
that she's like slowly learning and like picking things up. In that day, that day, they said nothing about it, and she was like, "What are they singing?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, I I don't know how to explain this to you, even like uh, it's it's bad." So I think it's like the best word is just it's sorry. It's not very good, but I it's hard to say that and just not be try to be nice to those people because there are people that are spending their time outside of work, you know, making banners or whatever. But I don't know if, if it's just leadership or what. It's just it's not good. It's not good at all. Not compared to so many other supporter groups, and and I still think because we're such a new league, we're already still behind. You know, the, we're not like ultras. I don't see anyone being real ultras. All right, no offense, but we're not there yet, <laughs> and we don't need them. I don't know. Just depends. Well, I mean, I don't think we need them, but yeah, there's a lot of people that self-proclaim themselves ultras. Right. Which I mean, exactly. Yeah, if it kind of can grow the culture without. The hey, ultra hey, violence, hey, hey, right? Ultra that would be all right. People, hey, hey, people kill each other. Guys, take it easy. <laughs> Without 20, the violence, tw- hey, 2024, you can identify as whatever you want. That's right. That's right. We are we are all ultras here. That is true. Uh, well, let me ask you. You became a Kansas City fan throughout the years. You kept watching them. How did the Kevincho show start? What what it yeah. what made you want to do it? And what is your channel about? Yeah, so like in the last nine years, I've been working uh, in some way in video editing. So usually I started doing like freelance editing way back in high school. Like I used I, I, I was really interested to work in the film industry, which got me into trying to just make YouTube videos just to learn how to edit, how to hold a camera and film and, and use audio and all that stuff. Uh, and then I started making videos for like like buddies who are like up and coming artists, SoundCloud rappers and making music videos. You know, it was great because it was just teaching me how to do it. Um, And then I I started a whole separate channel where it was just me going in depth about random topics that I cared about. And for since I was little, since I've, you know, been in the US, I've always had this feeling that the development, especially with youth soccer, was horrible because I went through clubs where you know, a, a single parent was trying to pay, like, drop, you know, $1,200 a month for these, like, top-notch clubs in Kansas. You know what I mean? And and then I have a younger brother. I had to give it up and be like, my, mom, my mom's not going to be able to drop 2400 or, or $2,800 on this, you know? God uh, damn, what the fuck? So I, I got a very bad taste about U.S. So, I mean, I went in high school where I would play high schools, uh, and I would see, like, the difference in, in players because you have these rich kids that are, I legitimately had personal trainers, gyms. I mean, they were like gods, you know? And you could see this crazy imbalance. And I, I had a friend, okay, and this is gonna, I'm not to put it on blast. I won't say his last name. His name is Misael. He's this really skinny Mexican kid. Was unbelievable. Unbelievable, okay? Lights out. One of the fastest athletes I've ever seen with a football to his foot. It was so good. And this kid never got any chances. Like, we, I was begging people to like clubs to pay for this kid to be in their clubs and they were like that's not how it works here so i had this horrible taste about u.s soccer for forever uh while i was watching mls and all this stuff and i always thought of it as two different things like the youth development here is just awful and then mls is like this corporate little league and and that's all we got so i got to deal with it so one day i just decided i wanted to make a video about mls fine and i talked about things that bothered me and and Honestly, like three, four years ago, whenever I made that video, things have changed a lot with, within that time. So that's good in a, in, in a positive way. So that's great. But uh, in that time, I needed B-roll. So like because I'm used to watching Argent- the league in Argentina, I started picking up watching leagues in Europe. There's always fan accounts where I could 
pull up, you know, B-roll of just fans, not the games, and and just see the reaction so I can talk over it and, and explain things, whatever. Well, I was asking all my sporting friends, like, hey, who does watch-alongs for Kansas City? I just need, you know, B-roll for this video. And they were like, we don't have any. And, and I, like, right there, I was like, aren't we one of the OGs? We don't have any morons screaming at a TV. I mean, it takes <laughs> no skill at all to do that. And they were like, no. And especially one of my friends was like, why don't you just do it? And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I put that in like behind my mind. Copa America was coming up. And in my mind, 2021 Copa America, I was like, this is Messi's last chance for a trophy. It would be kind of fun to do like a watch along and maybe follow this whole, you know, tournament and, and see how that goes. That was insane because obviously we won it. And I got to talk to people all over the world. I was talking to people in, in Germany watching these games. It was amazing. So then I was like, you know what? Let me see if MLS would be kind of or if even fans would care about this so i started streaming i think it was like a columbus game it was like nil nil there was there was like a straight up zero it was like one shot on target there was a rain <laughs> delay it was horrible it was like the worst thing ever but the greatest part was there were people in the chat from all different cities in the u.s just i don't know if people were just bored at the time and obviously pre-apple days you, some people, nobody could watch the damn games. It was so annoying with blackouts or whatever. So people were just like, I'll just hang out with this guy. And I was talking to fans. One of the very first fans was a Galaxy fan. And we were just, you know, kind of talking shit back and forth that, that year, just, you know, having fun. And then I realized like, oh, this is cool. Even though this team is not that good, it's going to be fun. So then I just kept going. And, and honestly, through my love for the team has gone different direction but but the thing is i love doing the streams because i talk to so many different people i get to learn about different clubs and different like just crazy backgrounds about people from all over the world and whatnot and that's that's what i want to keep going i i i went through some nightmares with sporting um honestly and i thought man i i'm done with this i don't want to do this anymore and, and like multiple times i'm like yeah i'm, I'm not i'm done with mls or whatever and but the, here's the thing i just keep coming back just because of the people like just people would reach out and talk to me and they'd be like hey have you did you see this story is freaking awesome look read into this and i'm like man it's like there's so many different avenues you can go in in mls and we're so early that it's like perfect timing so yeah that's just where i'm at now it's like a weird weird start to, to get here but <laughs> that's it yeah and the thing about mls is such a niche yeah. market in, in in the u.s but once you find that market there's a lot of passionate fans here in mls yes. that will swear up and down this is a top five league in the world and i'm yeah, one yeah. of them <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. i don't give Let's a fuck go. about the rankings this is top five <laughs> to me and i yeah. love i love watching those nil nil uh one shot on target matches where right. all those reds come out or the defense can't even kick a ball outside i, I went through early 90s mls where we saw Oh, yeah. you know like just somebody coming out of work and then putting on the boots yes. and, and let's <laughs> let's go play type thing and, and to see it from then to where it is now uh, such a growing sport here it's, it's great to see channels like yours uh like the other ones we've, we've talked to the guys from st louis uh yeah. we've talked to you know around the league just seeing the passion how it has grown in the u.s market and it's as a latino an American uh -huh. who's grew up with this sport and watched nothing but the game of football. It's beautiful to see here. 
It's yeah. very beautiful to hear. Say. I, I'm on the I'm on the same page as Brian. You know, watching someone walk off the set of Merrill's Place. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> and throw off the booth. Uh, shout out to Andrew uh, Shoe, baby. Andrew Shoe, let's go. Noble, who brought up Andrew Shoe. And yeah, same man for me. The MLS yeah. in my mind is in the top three. You know, I'll tell you Let's right go. now, they're not. They're not. <laughs> yeah. They're not. They're not number two or number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a. I got a couple more questions for you. Oh, actually, but before think, that, go ahead. Uh, we have a super chat. Uh, oh. I don't know. I don't know if you knew we were live. <laughs> but shout out to Alex Gutierrez Guti. He gave us nine ninety nine. Love you guys. Six ninety nine. Eight. Oh, six, six. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Three dollars. No, it is nine ninety nine. No, no. Oh, it is. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, good job. Damn, good job. Need glasses. We love you too, Guti. <laughs> we love you, Guti. Okay, yeah, yeah, the next time I see you. Uh, so this is for everybody, Jose Ramos. What do y'all think of MLS next? That's a very Ooh. tough question, uh, especially how the world football atmosphere deals with their um development uh status of their teams the what is it the cantera hmm. around the world is way more advanced than it is here now right yeah. i feel mls <clears throat> in general is trying to get something going in that category whether it comes to mls next or having a draft with college players they're trying with the developmental fucking teams that we have well here in Galaxy with like the G2s and all, they're trying to do something similar um, still needs a lot of work in my opinion uh, Edgar? I'll, I'll if, well, actually if I that. may real quick just so I can right, uh, get out of the way uh, short, uh, short and sweet so America in any sport will never accept pro and reg regulation this is the best right. we can do yeah, I think, the MLS I think needs, so, too. I think soccer needs it, and I think the MLS is finding their own version of it. It's called soccer. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck say, stop saying soccer. Right. Good, Edgar. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the first stab at it, and I think it's a step backwards uh, because uh, I feel like MLS was uh, paying attention to what was going on in, in the lower divisions with USL, and, um, and they were like, you know what? These guys are going in the markets that we're not going into, and they're becoming pretty successful. Uh, they're looking. I'm talking like uh, Detroit City FC, for example. Um, even though those people, their fans outwardly reject MLS, right? Right. I mean, and kudos to them, right? Because yeah, that's 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 their vibe. Anti-establishment. But in other baby. cities like Louisville, for example, um, and you know these are places where you you're like, wow, you know, I expect you know football, soccer to exist, but my God, they have very passionate fan bases and they've grown. Uh, in these areas where you would not expect uh, MLS to ever go, and they're very successful. So MLS is looking at what USL is doing, and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute. Um, you know, we're the lords, and you know, of of this country as far as soccer is concerned, and we don't like what they're doing." And then there's you know all that rumblings about pro and relegation. And mm. granted, it's going to be very difficult for that to ever happen here in the U.S. Right? Yeah. No. But MLS was like, you know what? Uh, we're gonna, we're, you know, we're we're gonna stop put, sending our kids down to the developmental league, you know, and uh, you know, and using uh, the USL as a developmental league. We're gonna have our own thing. We're gonna have our own closed, you know, environment, and we're gonna make it our own, and that's it. Period. We're gonna, you know, take USL out of the equation, and then what happens after that? The whole thing with the US Open Cup. Yeah. That is jacked up, man. Oof, I mean, when yeah. I saw that, I was I was really upset. I was like, you're gonna take away like, first of all, you, you're gonna take away, you know, you're having your players playing against grown men. 
right? That have, you know, the, the best experience I guess you can get before you get to the MLS level, right? And then you're going to go ahead and be like, we're going to take, you know, even the opportunity where, where we have these young kids playing against these other bigger teams in the Open Cup, we're going to take that away as well, which is, to me, it's like one of the richest tournaments in, in U.S. sports because it goes back so long from the very first champions, the Brooklyn Field Club, to all those great Bethlehem Steel teams. And now we have a lot of MLS teams and, um, that compete in it. And we're always waiting for the next Rochester Ryan, you know, Raging Rhinos to come up and beat an MLS team in this tournament. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun, right? And they take, they, they're trying to take that away, and hopefully it does not go away. But, yeah, I, I definitely – I know MLS Next Pro. I know it has, like, its uses. I know why it's important. But to me, if you're going to grow these players, have them play against grown men. Have them take hard tackles. Have them, like, you know, go against guys that, you know, will be elbowing them in the ribs. And that way they, they get used to what it's like when you yeah. come up into a big level. Because otherwise it's going to be a big jump from one thing to another. Yes, not going to be ready. No. And especially, right, like, uh, I think – it's such a weird thing because like other leagues it's so weird to have a, a two, two leagues in the same country just fight with each other it just seems like you got usl mls and it's in every other league it's you have the stepping stones as you move up and and sure like some people are just normally in the second division and that's where they fight for or whatever um and like you said i don't think that we're gonna have promotion relegation any it's definitely not anytime soon um, so what do we do in the meantime? It's just like the USL, it, it really does feel like if someone asked me, okay, what's your thoughts on USL? It's like, this is a whole other world. Like it's, it, that feels like the true American second division. That feels like if we could merge these two, it'd be so sick. They, these teams would go up. The problem is no teams, no one's going to want their, their clubs to be able to go down. Obviously that's the problem. Um, and MLS, because they want, obviously, to save their butts and make sure that everything's going good for them money-wise, they're not. They're definitely going to come up with something. That's where we get the next uh, to, like, battle out that, that, that other league that they are not too big fans of or whatnot. I don't really understand. Like, I, I need to, like, really look into how the players get developed there and, like, if, I, if we could compare that. I really don't know how I could do that, but it would be interesting to see the development just kind of compare players going up these systems and then going, I don't know, maybe to a team in Europe or, or like a really like a second division or whatever, just to see how they go. But I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing to have next. And when I, when I was getting, someone told me that they, they would love to talk to me about it and explain it to me. And it's just like, it's, I've already like trying to figure out so many MLS weird goofiness that I can't even open my brain up to next right now. So that that's where I'm at personally with with next right now. or even usl to be honest but the thing with that is that we're so far behind in the devil yeah. de de development whatever <laughs> developmental yeah, yeah. De de <laughs> that stage we we are very far behind in the aspect that how you said uh the fact that we have to pay to play in this country has been a very big issue uh if you go, let's say to Brazil in the favelas, you see a player, he's balling out without shoes, all barefoot. You bring him into your academy, you support his whole career, and then you see him develop into Ronaldinho or whoever it is. Uh, we don't have that, and we're so far removed from that. Uh, the U.S. needs to get their shit together with MLS yeah. and USL, whatever it is, in order for you to develop players to win world cups 
Imagine that. Win at the World Cup. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and we are so far behind. And the thing is, that makes me mad because I'm a USMT fan. As also La Selecta. Yeah. What makes me mad about that is that this country is so enamored with being the best in everything. You see yeah. them in the Olympics. They win Gods. everything. How are yeah. you falling so far behind in a sport that is the most popular sport in the world? And you're falling behind on that. Uh, right. Is it cockiness or is it just your arrogance? It, it Both go in the same box. So yeah. let's do something with that. Um, well, real quick, before we go into yeah. that, I just want to address that real quick. Because I, I was reading a book about how the 1990 U.S. soccer team was put together. Because nobody expected the U.S. to go to World Cup 90. And at that point, U.S. soccer was run pretty much by like three or four people and, and like a fish in a, in a little bowl there, right? <laughs> and um, when all yeah. of a sudden they're like, oh my God, we're going to the World Cup. Oh my God, we're going to the World Cup. What do we do? What do we do? Nobody knew what the hell to do. So they started bringing in all these people that, you know, that had experience and they took, you know, that from a dog and pony show into something much greater. Yeah. And a lot of the people that, that were there, had no idea of all the changes that were coming. So, but then there was always a, a, they got to a point though, where there was a little bit of pushback. And I think it still exists to this day where, okay, this is U.S. soccer. How much, you know, how much do we want to retain the Americanness of it? Where, you know, if we do bring too many people from outside, you know, from, especially, you know, from foreign countries that have been doing it for a long time, but, and they want to help, but at what point does it stop being U.S. soccer and it becomes something else that was, you know, made in, in another country and, you know, imported here? Right. Are we still U.S. soccer? Are we still American? You know, so there's a kind of pushback where, like, we want to still have our stamp on it. And I feel like a lot of times U.S. soccer is very uh, stubborn to accept change or to take that next evolutionary step and to stop just hindering the, the 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 growth of the sport i mean look at who's running the team i mean we're gonna get into that in a bit but look who's running the team oh my god you had yeah. the greatest generation of footballers in this country and you have this clown running the team right ah anyway go on Ugh. Ugh. don't remind me of bear halter bro that that is uh we'll, we'll get into this next um topic which is a uh very touchy subject for you, Ooh, Senor right. Kevin yeah. Kevincho. Uh -huh. You're Gavin Wilkinson, aka Milk Boy. Right. Uh, you had a rant about that. Um, um, you want me to explain what? Yes, what's yes, going yes. On? Go ahead, Edgar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll give you the we'll give the stand right now, um, Kevin. But before we get there, a lot of people uh, probably don't know who Gavin Wilkinson is. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you straight up what I found, you know, on him, because my God, for me to sit here and try to explain it to you, I, my head is going to explode. So I'm just going to have to read it. All right. So here we go. Gavin Wilkinson was the general manager of the Portland Thorns of the National Women's Soccer League from the very beginning in 2013. As a result of a 2021 fallout of the scandals surrounding allegations that Paul Riley has sexually assaulted and harassed Thorns players during his tenure as a club's coach from 2014 to 2015, Wilkinson, who was responsible for Riley's hire and the eventual non-retainment of Riley's services following the 2015 season, was put on administrative lead from the Thorns and eventually replaced by Karina LeBlanc. And in, 
an independent investigation into abuse in the NWSL commissioned by U.S. Soccer and led by Sally Yates revealed how Wilkinson encouraged other clubs to hire Riley after his departure from the Thorns. According to the report, Wilkinson, quote, told the Western New York Flash that Riley was put in a bad position by the player and that Wilkinson would hire Riley in a heartbeat. Wilkinson also acted to hide the abuse from the media by telling reporters that Riley was let go because the team failed to make the playoffs. Medical staff of the club also reported that Wilkinson was made aware that Riley had interfered with their treatment and was endangering players. Wilkinson and the Portland Timbers front office further have faced further accusations of misconduct in the face of abuse reports in February 2022 when MLS suspended Timbers player Andy Polo pending an investigation into allegations of domestic violence made by Polo's ex-partner. A lot of Galaxy fans might remember Andy Polo as the guy who received that crunching tackle that ended his season, uh, courtesy of uh, Derek Williams. At the time, everybody was angry, but afterwards people were like, hey, you know what, maybe he knew something, hey. Uh, anyway, police reports later indicated that Timbers employees were present when the police arrived to investigate the initial call in May of 2021, and uh, months, before, months before the athletics report on Paul Riley was published. But the team failed to report the incident to the league for nine months. Polo's ex-partner detailed the event on a, on a Peruvian television show and claimed she had been pressured into not filing charges against Polo. An MLS investigation in March 2022 claimed that the Timbers did not pressure Polo's ex-partner, nor intentionally concealed the incident of their involvement. Wilkinson claimed that Diego Valeri opposed the decision to cut Polo, which Valeri denied as he was no longer with the Timbers at the time of Polo's release from the team. After a October 22 report commissioned by U.S. Soccer was released, Timbers and Thorns owner scumbag Merritt Paulson announced that Wilkinson and team president Mike Gullup and Paulson himself would thereafter recuse themselves from all Thorns' decisions and that the respective futures with regards to Timbers were not included in the statement. Earlier that day, the Timbers Army and the Rose, the Rose City Riveters formally demanded the removal of Wilkinson and Gullup and for Paulson to sell the teams. On October 5th, Wilkinson and Gullup were fired from the club and a report in the Athletic stated that Wilkinson was set to receive a contract extension with a clause which allowed the club to terminate for cause. All oh, this guy, this guy is a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an upstanding citizen of right. the highest caliber, <laughs> a wonderful human that. being, somebody you want to have around your daughters. Uh -huh. And um, well, Kevin, what ended up happening with this guy? And to just to premise it, you had a rant. Could you do right. a short version of that? Because <laughs> it was so a half hour rant, which yeah. I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Like, here's the thing. Like, yeah. So I mentioned this before we went, uh, we went live, but I already knew some things about this guy. And especially like now that I'm trying to get more and more into NWSL, I heard a lot more things, what he did over there. And I just, it was just bad news. Sporting, then one just randomly one day uh, just made this sneaky little snake announcement with no picture and no name posted everywhere and said new staff or like, yeah, basically like said new staff member or something very basic like that. And somehow they did not think that people would click the story or this will go. I don't know what the deal was, but yeah, we found out everyone sporting fans found out officially that they hired this guy. And my first thought was there's no shot that this club gives a shit about what fans think. There's no shot because here's the thing. 
In the statement, it said that he would be directly reporting to Peter. What has been the absolute nightmare with this club? Peter is the coach. He's the damn... He, he runs everything that has to do with anything player-related. He is the, like, straight dictator of sporting. He's the face of the club. He's everything sporting, okay? Now we have another guy that has to report to him. And on top of that, it's a straight demon man. This dude was the most unnecessary hire of all time in our club history. It made no sense that we needed this dude. And people at first, I'm sure there was uh, some demons out there that are just saying, oh, well, you know, he has a track record. He brought in, you know, Valeri in the league and he brought in other uh, players in Portland and whatnot. And like, cool, I could care less. I could, I could have the same morons like we've had in the last 20 years you know, or 10 years uh, without having this dude bringing anyone in because this guy has a track record. This guy also like once this was released they had a press conference because of course you're gonna have to you're gonna have to talk about this they were sneaky about the press conference it was a closed press conference they had a couple of media people who i talked to and were like kind of wild that they didn't make this available on zoom right out of all the meetings they didn't this is the one we could not pull it up on zoom huh Hmm. great while they were there this this freak straight up said look i made mistakes but this is two years ago it's not 10 years ago, 15 years ago. This was two years ago this guy got fired. And he goes, I made some mistakes. I made some lapses in my judgment, uh, but I'm looking forward to move on and blah, blah, blah. It was shocking. I mean, the guys that were in the media room, who I know, were all of them were just like, what is going on? And then the great thing about this is everyone, no matter if you're a sporting friend for a week or you've been here since you know day one, Everyone was commenting on all the posts. Everyone was saying that this was a bad change. Well, I'll, I'll say everyone. Well, hold on, I'll get back to this part. But most people were saying that. Most people were being very lo- vocal. People, not content creators. I'm talking about the everyday fan was commenting, get him out of my club, hashtag whatever out, whatever it was, uh, which was great to see. That like refreshed my feeling of like, oh my God, like no fans care. Because in any other, if, if they, no one cared, it would be like, yeah, this is controversial. Let's forget about it in two days. Which I guarantee the demons at Sporting Kansas City was expecting. There's no, They knew what happened with this guy. They know everything about this, bro. Okay? So they know that some people are going to be pissed. But they thought, mm, it's not going to be that, that bad. Then, okay, fast forward to, I think he was only at the club for eight days in, in totality. It was every comment was, or every post was being blasted. And some people were commenting at the admins, which I don't agree with. I mean, they were just being vile, like horrible. But they had to because they were so upset. What really bothered me was after all these like BS crap that I had to deal with sporting, like on a personal term, I I was like, you know what? Maybe be a big boy, Kevin, and just move on. Let's start this season fresh. Let's just get into it for the fans. Let's have fun. And then they dropped something like this that is so pointless that, that they just brought this guy in. They also interviewed multiple other people that were perfect for the job I mean, it's like a useless job in my it's like whatever fine it's like a glorified scout almost and, <laughs> and then they hired this guy for what reason i know why we all know why in sporting world peter vermees likes his buddies and mm. this dude is a peter vermees hire to the fact that we know that when i'm talking to like people like journalists around the club or people that follow the club and they have their podcast or whatever and they have all the connections inside the club. It's not a big club, very small room full of people. They know that Peter wanted this guy, okay? 
of course, that someone still had to sign his payroll. So he's got a boss, of course, uh, who thought it was fine. You know, if Peter says so, because that is the chokehold this team has from a coach. This coach has been the coach for forever. Like this is the, this is the longest tenured coach in the league. He has, he's won some things with the team. Absolutely. Yes. He's the best coach in our history, but because he can run everything and he has say and everything, it's like, you can't do anything. You can't even be upset. I talked about before he was announced that he got fired or whatever, let go or, or, mutually agreed to part ways whatever the fuck they said he left uh yeah he yeah he packed up his stuff and left um they they sporting was are the people around sporting were like listen he's gonna bring us trophies like he's gonna give us okay fine what bothers 99.9 percent of fans is everybody has a sister or, or a mom or maybe a daughter or a niece and that is to me what bothered me why i went a little crazy that day was that is, it's so hard to support a team when you know there's a demon upstairs on the other side of that in the stadium, you know? When yeah. you know that, like, yeah, I paid a ticket so my niece can watch her first soccer game in in this country, and it's going to be this great memory for her. But in the back of my head, I'm like, but this guy is a demon. He turned his head, allegedly, I guess, to uh, to, to horrific crimes. And he was just like, no big deal. I would hire this guy again. Yeah. Like come on. It's it was so it was so distasteful. The club handled it horribly firing him in the first place. Then 8 days later or yeah, 8 days through this whole thing, he gets let go. They make a statement which is a sorry ass statement. This is when you could have said, "All right guys, you guys are legends. Thank you for your passion. We've we made a wrong decision and he is gone. Thank you for your support blah blah blah." That's not what they did. Okay? What Sporting Kansas City did, okay? was the most sporting Kansas City thing where they go in a statement, again, not a big, didn't show his name or his face publicly on the freaking uh, post. You had to click the article to learn. It also said staff update. I mean, it's, these guys <laughs> is, is so, they're so demonic. I could not believe this, that I work in this industry, by the way, and I have buddies that were like, you know what they're doing. I'm like, mm. yes, it's not a mm -hmm. secret. But these guys made a, a, a announcement that said, hey, you know, we hired this guy. We've seen the backlash. In the middle of this little this little report here, it says that they followed all of the standards that Sporting follows for, like, you know, the, the to find the best fit for the club, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> yes, bullshit. are you joking? Yeah, what standards, bro? We look at people that are really, you know, the most vile humans to get in here, you know, just to listen to Peter. And in that book, in the first... Uh, I think announcement it said he was directly working for Peter right now this is coming out they go they leave that little quote there oh we we looked into it and then they go but uh, we saw the backlash and we you know basically saying that they want to keep the fans happy and he's no longer with the club that's it boom move on and then post the next goofy little you know post that they have to do every day I the, the way it was handled was horrible the way he got hired was disgusting and now I'm at the point where I met Peter Vermees he was so nice to me. He was like, he he listened to me. He had a little conversation. He went back and forth. And I liked and I like him as a coach. He's like, no nonsense. If you're he's not your coach, you hate him. But when he is your coach, you like a dude that's stern in the face of a ref when there's a bad call or whatever and defends his players. But because he's also 
in charge of all the operations. He, it's all his, his go. So if we hired somebody to take over other operations and he's just the coach, it doesn't matter. He's still the guy. That person mm. that they hire will still want to go to Peter because he is the face. He is the brains. He's always going to be the MLS Cup champion as a coach and two-time U.S. Open Cup uh, champion as a coach, always for sporting, you know? Uh, and that's where I, I'm at this point with sporting where I'm just like, look, I, obviously I, I'm, I love the players and the fans and the people that I deal with or whatever, but the front office seems so clueless because they were basically saying this wasn't us. And, and, and Peter is in such a spot where he's so comfortable and such a like almost like a dictator role that it's like going to be impossible to like divide the two. Like it's true, true for the team and then hate the other half, you know, type of deal. That's, that's where it was for me. And I was so glad that I wasn't alone. So many other people were so vocal. People went on t- on freaking news and, and just went absolutely ham. There was a women's, a women's supporter group in Kansas City that did say something. And they were t- quote tweeting every day. Hashtags. They were going after them. Then there was another supporter group that had a planned Q&A with fans. That is sporting Kansas City. That is exactly what this what feels like useless club is doing in this in the horrible situations it's like it's like they don't have pr they don't have a pr team is what it feels like they did not think for a second that this could be a bad look not even for a second it's unreal and i felt bad for the workers there the grounds crew the people who work that are literally having a dream job to work for a club they love their job but then they're just seeing this bashing and they're upset a couple of them reached out to me and said Obviously, I can't say anything. Please don't share this. But thank you for saying what you're saying. Or all these people, they support what all these other people are saying as well. But they're stuck because obviously you don't want to get fired. You know, you're just you're just yeah. screwed. And I'm it, sure the players are probably like that too. You know. Yeah, and this is where my next question was gonna gonna go with um, just the effect of fans and people who are not inside those front offices being able to voice their opinions and actually make some type of change, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it happened here in the Allegaxi. Yep. It's happening with you guys over yep. there in Kansas, and it's happening around the league. And I think it's a very important uh, top topic to touch on because yeah. we are the ones that go pay and watch these type of teams, right? Yes. And the, the minimal that you could do is be straight up with us. Hey, yeah. we fucked up. We didn't really yeah. look into the background of this guy. We just seen that he had a cup over there and had a couple, right. whatever it was, right? Right. We fucked up. Sorry. I think the fan base would respond better to those type oh, of yeah. messages. Yes. Instead of trying to PR us into thinking that we're the ones that are crazy. Yes. And yeah. being, you oh, know what I mean? Sure. And it's yeah. very upsetting to see that, especially around all the league. And especially in the league who, well, we touched, we touched on this earlier, that it, it's growing. You need yeah. to be transparent with your fans because we are the driving force of, of right. this league. If you well, have no fans in the stands, you don't have a fucking league. Exactly. And some people, there are, there's always going to be freaks on any topic, political, not political. There were people that were like, you guys know that you guys didn't say anything. It was sponsors were probably getting upset. Why were the sponsors getting upset? Because every person, <laughs> I mean, they were looking at all these tweets and all these comments and all these people being upset. And you got your goddamn name on the chest on their chest, and people are gonna be like, "I don't mess with that company anymore," or you know, whatever. It's just the most obvious thing. If if the supporter or the support, uh, supporter groups is also a different thing. But when the fans are speaking out, it's so awesome 
so awesome to see what happened in LA, what's happening in sporting, what's happening in other places, because that just shows you, dude, it's there. We're not like that vanilla where fans are just like chalking it up. It was so cool to see fans just go, uh-uh. And not just sport. I mean, every fan base. It was awesome. Like every fan base. Our right sport or see what 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 are they? Uh, St. Louis. Where, where, where the fuck are rivals? <laughs> Don't you dare disrespect uh, them. <laughs> yeah, they were like, look, straight up, they were just like, hate these people, but love love what the fans are doing. And I'm supporting the fans. This is disgusting. And it wasn't like they're just bashing the club. They were straight up going, no, get this guy out. This is embarrassing for the league. You know, it's horrible for families and all that. And the victims, like. No one cares. Like these people just went through hell and, and now we're like, yeah, let's hire him up. Two years later, dog is in the same position. He's not even like a janitor brother got a, the exact same position and like nothing happens. What the, like, yeah, I don't know. So I'm so happy, like going into the season now, I'm like hype, like, all right, he's gone. But the side eye I have for Peter and the side eye I have for the freaking front office will not go away. The, The way it was handled, the way they did it, at least that's why that day I announced that I'm not going to do any watch alongs because I could not do it. I had a game where I wanted to take my niece to the, to the actual game. And then I'm like, forget that. She's going to go to an NWSL game. Yeah. Boom. She's going to love it. And I, I'm done with the club. I'll, I'll talk about them from time to time. I was ready to stream LA games, whatever, just to hang out, put in polls. You know, I didn't, I didn't care anymore. Yeah. And of and course, the thing then the is, next day. With that, uh, yeah. as fans around MLS – Here's a fact. The way you hurt the people that are in charge is in their pockets. Yeah. Don't show up to games. If you're really displeased with what's going on in the front office, whether it's political or whatever it is, and you're not happy and you feel that this is an embarrassment to your club, hit them in the pockets. Yeah. Edgar, I know you've been holding your tongue this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was refreshing to me to see – how the whole client out things uh, started and how it, it ended up, you know, making the team better in the, in the long run. But uh, let's go back one year ago. Right. And uh, the client out stuff had started and uh, there was a lot of chaos going on. You know, people were like, what the hell's going on? Like people did, uh, didn't really follow the club or just show up to, you know, on game day. We're like, why is people protesting? Why is he angry? You know, who is Chris Klein? You know, and, you know, people looked him up and, you know, he, he's not, he doesn't come off as like some, you know, demon right. person, you know, but right. when, when you start you know, digging a little deeper and you start finding out, you know, like, and you start listening to what the you know, supporters were saying, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy seems like he's not the greatest person. You know, he doesn't have, you know, the best interest of the club in there is all he says. And mind you, he might actually be a nice guy, you know, sure. away from football. Right. But you know, flash forward a few more months, uh, Galaxy is doing really bad, really, really bad. And uh, they still won a game. And I remember we were about to play Austin FC. And I st- had started uh, this thing where I was trying to interview fans from other teams just to get a different perspective from them be- you know, before or after games. And I remember I ran into some really nice, awesome fans. And I asked uh, one of them, and you can still look see this on my Instagram page if you guys want to check it out. But I, I asked them, like, hey, you know, Let's talk about the let's talk about the game. Let's talk about your club, you know, because I heard you guys were pretty upset with you know with Josh Wolf because of this, this, and this. Awesome fans had been upset with with, with their stuff, but it wasn't to the point. Of, sorry, we have a dog here. It wasn't to the point of uh, LA Galaxy fans, but um, he did tell me something. He's like, people around the league. Luna, hi baby. Sorry, 
<laughs> we have a delivery over here. She's really upset about Chris yeah. Klein. She yeah, still so hates bad. this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. We have a we have a hand dog over here. That's how you know it's live. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, we can't edit. Calm this down, out. Luna. So <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so uh, the guy was like, you know, we're we're paying very close attention to what's going on here in LA because if you guys can make something happen, it can happen anywhere else in the league. Because he goes, we're upset over here and we want, you know, management to hear us. But the, it seems everything we're saying is just falling on deaf ears. But, you know, if you guys can make something happen and he's like, we support you guys. We support what the LA Galaxy fans are doing. Then this is great for the league. Now, how, how, bad, how bad were things here that even our, you know, our fiercest rivals, you know, which to me are our fiercest rivals, San Jose, you know, Earthquake fans were showing up to the game and supporting the Klein Out movement. And um, we were hearing from fans around the league that, you know, we're watching what's going on over there because we want to see how it's going to fall out because, you know, that will determine how other fans in the league will do with, you know, with their protests as well. Yeah. And it ended up happening. And now we started hearing about, you know, other fans that are on the league, you know, that they're, they're trying really hard because these people, like, like Brian said, you know, you go to the game, you, you spend your hard earned money to watch the game and, Maybe they don't win, but at least you want to be entertained. At least you want to feel like, hey, I'm part of something that you know that's that's fun, that's great, that you know I can invest my time in. My my kids can come and have a good time, and that's wholesome, right? Um, at some level, some people like it a little right. rougher. Yeah, but then, you know, <laughs> you you, you, uh, you start hearing about what's going on in other clubs, like the Colorado fans. We just had Matt Pollard on. He and at the end of their season, my God, things were bad. Yeah, fans yeah. were protesting. Fans were walking out, and look at them. They're they're doing their best to fix that club now, yeah. uh, and but then you hear what's going on up in Chicago. Uh, I was just listening to a good friend of uh, of the show, uh, Nick from Feed the Fire podcast, and he was talking about how things are so bad up there in Chicago that yeah. they're just it's like they live in their own little bubble. And they're and the the saddest thing is that the fans of Chicago they're not as vocal as they are anywhere else. So the club is doing like that, you know, they're just whatever. doing whatever the heck they want. And the few fans that are vocal about it, it's like a drop in a bucket, you know, and they, they don't really hear what's going on. And so he's watching his club pretty much fall apart and do nothing and slowly deteriorate. And uh, this is where I feel that the rest of MLS, because I always see uh, MLS fans as a family. I mean, you're, you're going through an airport and you see another, another fan wearing an MLS kit. And you run across me like, hey, hey, what's up? As long you as know? it's not an LAFC, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you have comfort. Well, if it's an LAFC fan, you're like, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> welcome, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you're, you're noticing that the fans that do get it, and there yeah. are a lot, the fans that do get it, uh, they, they, they see this as a family and they want to take care of each other and they want to make sure we're all doing well so that this league keeps going and keeps getting better. And it, it's there for a very long time. For as long, you know, for all our lifetimes and our lifetimes of our kids, so that's what we saw. And now we're starting to see this. this I don't know if I, I call it a trickle effect because I know other teams have protested, yeah. and nothing has happened. Uh, I know the Portland fans protested forever for Merritt Paulson to sell the team, and he's still there, <laughs> like a garrapata. Yeah, he doesn't want to leave. And so, uh, what, what's your take on this, Kevin? Because, like you said, the fans over there were very vocal. But how yeah. do you think this is going to spread out across the league? Hopefully it's a kind of a little scare tactic for the uh, for the owners or just clubs that need to know that if it's a bad look, they need to just stay away. I mean, this one was avoidable. You guys' situation, 
was harder, I think, because it wasn't this guy was there for already been there, you know, and things were just going bad. So that's a hard situation. And I'm, I was even shocked that it ended how it ended. I thought because no one's really in control. Like are you guys, I mean, the fans, you guys kept you guys could push it as far as you can. And sometimes you feel like the owners will just go as far as they can, as long as they're just not in like the full red, you know, they just need that income uh, with sporting. I thought. I really thought it was going to be done. I mean, I thought Peter's been here forever. This guy's going to be here for like three, four years. They're not going to make any changes. So I am so happy it happened. Uh, and then now other supporters should use this and just copy it. I mean, sometimes not going to the game, people are going to go to some games, I think. I think there's some casual fans in MLS that might not know things like this. Like, they don't have Twitter and Instagram, and they're just, like, going to the games, like, clueless, and then they're finding out when they get there something's up. Um, so that that might not last very long. But when you have every single post on social media getting bashed, journalists from all over the league talking about it, bashing them, down to now we have, like, this situation with, like, CBS Sports Golasso where they talk about world footy. They bring it up, and that brings it, you know, that enters more eyes on the whole situation. When you guys had your problem, that was probably huge. That you had just so many people around the world watching and just going, what's happening in the U.S.? Not a good look for the league, obviously, but then that's the thing. Then that puts pressure on MLS. They're like, hey, hey, L.A., figure it out. Like, do something, because now we're looking a little dumb in front of all these other leagues or these other fans. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's great. It, it's so awesome. It makes me, and like you guys, I'm sure, feel like, uh, things can get done. We're not as like corporate. Well, we're pretty corporate, but it, we can scare them. I mean, just like strikes and unions, it works, yep. you know, it, 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 it scares them. Walkouts. Walkouts. Walk right. Yeah. yeah. And, and yep. this is the thing too, with pressure, you know, you create diamonds. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, this league could be a diamond at one yes. point. Uh, like Eddie said, this is the top league in the world. Number one. <laughs> I don't yes, give a fuck what the rankings say, so That's I'll right. take that. Premier Wu? What? <laughs> Who is that? There are little brothers. What do you mean? Yeah, little, little. <laughs> well, let's change a little bit more gears into just general. And let's talk. Um, mm. Jesus Ferreira got denied by MLS. Right. He transferred to go abroad. Um, yeah. It was a received 13 million bid. For the U.S. forward from a Russian club, uh, Spartak Moscow. Mm -hmm. For some reason, MLS denied it. Uh, <laughs> we go. We won't go into the political side of it because this isn't a political show. But uh, it is an MLS show. Yeah, yeah. When you <laughs> see that as an MLS fan and seeing how Jesus Ferreira is in U.S. national team international. What does that tell you? Eddie, I know you're raising your hand. Our if producer. I may go first. Yes. As an MLS fan and USMNT fan, 13 million for that limp? Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm done. You, you leave him alone, bro. Could have sold him, man. That was, that was profit right there. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. Like, come on. Dallas <laughs> is probably upset that they couldn't make that sell. Who the fuck is going to pay anywhere <laughs> upwards of five mil for that lame ass player? Sorry, sorry. I don't like him, as you can tell. <laughs> but but yeah, this is the thing. Uh, Dallas has a track record of them actually exporting players for profit. 
Yeah, we see, we've yeah, seen it with Pepe. Academy, man. And their academy's just been... And it's one of the teams in MLS, and we touched this on, on the pod earlier about developmental. Uh, Dallas is doing it right. Oh, yeah. what, what does this tell you for MLS going forward when they can deny a $13 million bid for somebody who, who Eddie says doesn't deserve it? What does that mean for MLS to deny it? Just in general. Well, Kevin, before you answer that, I just want to give people a little perspective. I mean, we don't want another situation like what happened with Brittany Griner. Uh, and if you guys know the WNBA player yes. who was uh, arrested supposedly for, um, you know, possession of marijuana at an airport right. in, in Moscow. And I mean, what kind of a, I mean, what kind of a draconian system do they have there that they sent her to practically to a gulag, right? For right, something yeah. like that. And then they didn't want to let her go. And I mean, it became an international incident. And yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, Jesus, you know, isn't going to go you know, around walking around marijuana and, you know, in his pockets, <laughs> but who knows what somebody out there is going to make up some you know, rule out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, you know, Jesus is being sent to some gulag out in the Siberia and we never hear from him again. And MLS doesn't have the same kind of weight that, you know, a WNBA, which is backed by the NBA has. And with everything going on, in, you know, in the, the caucus region right now and the, the way that, I mean, you can't avoid it, the politics, right, between the U.S. Wow. and Russia, it, I tell people, I don't even understand how it got to that point where they're like, hey, look at Russian club. Hey, let, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, let, let's yeah. send them over there. You know, one of our guys from our national team, right. let's send them a bargaining chip that they can hold up against us. No, yeah. no. Yeah, I think that's the weirdest thing for me. Like, I thought I had two takes. Like, well, no, my take was like, I was just confused. Honestly, the whole thing made no sense. Like, from the report, it said like Dallas was interested and Jesus was interested. I mean, maybe he's interested. That's money, and um, yeah, it's a bigger, that's a big team in Russia. But yeah, of course, there's a situation that's going on over there. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I would be, you know, that's a that's a big that is a big decision. So, but what does it mean, like in the long run, where? What if it's not that and the league starts? It's let's let's say he's going to Spain, I, just for an example, and it's a second division team. And what if MLS stops that? But because maybe the price isn't right, or just whatever you know, if that makes me a little nervous of going like, ooh, if the player wants to go, the club wants to go. The MLS said stop. Uh, uh-uh, we might not even get our money in the first place, which might maybe one of the biggest reasons. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just a weird thing. I if it is true that the club. Dallas wanted him to go and he wanted to go. I'm more confused than anything. Now, if this was like a bid, a general bid, Dallas, you know, had the bid. This came out. There was interest there. uh, And then the league goes, hey, hey, that's not ever happening. Don't even think it. I don't know. That might be a different thing. But if it's a verified thing that Dallas, FC Dallas said, Jesus, our our boy, kind of kind of like their star boy in the sense of like, you know, that's their, their face right now uh you you're going you're gone if, if you want it let's go and then let's say jesus wanted it that's i'm just so confused but but i don't follow the u.s men's national team like almost at all so i don't know if he's horrible or or amazing or or what his deal is but um in the future if mls is just blocking deals left and right and it's not to do with like borderline war situations uh i don't know how i feel about that i don't, I don't feel very comfortable with that but it's a weird one. You would think that it's unfortunate for the player that wants to go outside of the MLS to progress his, his choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the devil the development what is it but elementals you gotta think it's what counts that spartak moscow uh like a lot of russian teams they're not allowed to play in international competitions right now so it's not like you yeah, can't go to champions team. Yeah, they can't go to Champions League. You know? I was and gonna so bring that up. I thought CSK Moscow was. Yeah, I thought so too. Part until of uh, until the sanction, like UEFA said, uh, uh-uh, uh, anymore. Like, they're out. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I mean, again, MLS number one in the world. What do I care right. about? Right, who cares? <laughs> <We're not over laughs> Concacaf champions over UCL, baby, all day. Exactly. Actually, that's a good transition. Someone asked. Uh, they asked on a scale. Didn't say a scale from what to what, but uh, how how much priority? Oh, here it is. Uh, from rambling runoff, on what scale do you guys think MLS teams consider Concacaf Champions League? Is it a priority uh, or not? I'll, I'll give you this one. As an LA Galaxy fan, it is. It's an international tournament where you could win and represent your region. If you want to be considered one of the top leagues in the world, you go represent your region and you do well in the Coca-Cola Champions World Cup or whatever they have. For me, it should be maybe not priority over the um, our regional league, which is MLS Cup. But take it serious. Uh, for me, the Coca-Cola should be represented with the best and show eyes into our uh, region that we have, you know, great football here. Maybe not the top, unless it's MLS because it's number one. Mm. But, you know, we want to showcase what we really have. And let's say the LA Galaxy wins this, the next CONCACAF champions. Dude, you're going to have a global brand representing a side of the, of the world in a very, not so prestigious, but a big tournament where all the champions of champions go play and show off their region as well. Right. So, yes, take CONCACAF uh, champions serious, in my case. Uh, I'll tell you what, because uh, a lot of people find it hard to believe that. Because uh, people remember the 2000 Galaxy team that won the CONCACAF Champions League, mm-hmm. right? And at the time, it was, that was pretty shocking. At least, you know, to me, it was like, wow, holy shit, this happened? Yeah. But even before that, and like after the 96 season, which was the inaugural season, the team Galaxy went all the way to the final in the 97 tournament and they were winning they were controlling that game against cruz azul of mexico until our, our center our center mid um mauricio Sanfuego suffered a a game-ending injury Oof, the goat um that and after that the, the wheels completely fell off and cruz azul came back and won the game five to three galaxy was up Two nothing I, on point they were up three to one and then they ended up losing five three I, I, I could prove my fandom right now too because you can't find okay. this in an article, and I don't think you can find a video either. Uh, that injury happened like it was bad luck. And Edgar might be the only one that has the memory here. Uh, it was a slip. And Edmosil, which became a Galaxy player later, actually slipped. And like basically his plant like to break yeah. his fall went on to Sinfuegos' ribs. Oof. Yeah. And that's how the injury yeah. happened. Yeah. And uh, I, I, if... Maybe if some juegos, I mean, maybe. No, no, definitely. If some juegos would not have gotten injured, that would have been a Galaxy win. It would have been an in- incredible achievement for MLS that from the get-go, they were winning major tournaments. Granted, not long after that, DC United actually won 
CONCACAF champions, and then went on to also win the Inter uh, Confederations Cup at the time, uh, beating uh, Bosco da Gama from Brazil. And that was the last tournament that they yeah. had where it was CONCACAF versus uh, Comebol. And DC United still holds on to that trophy, by the way. It's still in their cabinet, yeah, which yeah. is it's funny because that cap, you know, that trophy is supposed to be passed around kind of like the Stanley Cup. Right. Were the, it was the last time it was played. It's still in their cabinet, which is, hey, a good thing yeah. for MLS, right? Yeah. So anyway, Galaxy w- went that far and, and we got a taste of that. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And then 2000 comes around and they play against Olympia of Honduras in the final and, and they win. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> they actually won. These guys won the Champions League before they won an Open Cup, before they won an MLS Cup, which at the time seemed pretty insurmountable. And you're like, whoa, this is this is amazing. And then after that, they won an Open Cup. And after that, they won the first MLS Cup. And it kicked off like an entire decade uh, of Galaxy success. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Went on for of a while. Greatness, and what... sir. Of greatness. Yes. <laughs> greatness. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Galaxy took the first step to becoming one of the elite clubs in MLS. Because at that time, you know, yeah, you know, great atmosphere at the games. You know, a lot of people right. show up. But what have you show show me something? They haven't they hadn't won anything. Uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, I know that Sporting Kansas City has been in the Champions League before because I I remember them playing against Real Estelí of Nicaragua mm-hmm. a few times. I'm Nicaraguense, and I remember watching right. those games intently. And uh, so, Kevin, what, what's your take? Do you think? Not just from a Kansas City perspective, but you think MLS sees this as a, a big priority? I do, but you know I'm from LA. I see yeah. it as a, the number one priority: win the league and you know, or whatever way you can get into there and win the you know the Champions Cup. Yeah, I think? mean, norm. I would assume it should be a big deal. I mean, the only thing I could compare it is like, I don't know, Libertadores, where you're. I mean, some teams literally play their league games and they're like, I'm just trying to get into that one competition. And then that's where you ball out. I mean, I'm not going to compare how many trophies River have, like league trophies to Racing. You know, I'm like, I don't give a crap. How Show many Libertadores do you have? Right. I know. But, but, <laughs> but it's more like, what's the bigger trophy in South yeah. America? That is the trophy. Like you kill for that trophy. Yeah. And so it, I think it should be the same thing here. I don't, I don't think every club. Uh, I don't think every club looks at it that way because I don't know why, but you would think you fought a whole season to get qualified for this. The next year, just like the Champions League, just like everything, you fight in it, but you're also dealing with a regular season. It seems like, it felt like last year, it felt like some teams were like just there and then they got home and they're like, all right, let's actually focus on trying to get in the, the playoffs or, or win this league or whatever. And It just felt like from the fan point of view that, some people just didn't care that i hope does not happen i need it to be a serious thing and i'm still trying to learn about Concacaf everything so the champions league seems interesting like it seems like there are it's very heavily liga mech heckies and, and mls and then there, there's the other guys is what it seems like uh that they're trying to sneak in you have like these cinderella teams it almost looks like um but i don't know like sporting gets in it it's like who cares it's what it felt like we won a game or we lose a game. Who cares? Move on. Uh, then there's other teams like Seattle that that take it. That felt like they took it very seriously. LA FC. Even I mean, how many freaking finals did they lose the other couple of years? But like, they they took it seriously. So I don't know. It just may, it seems like it depends on the fan base. I want it to be the the tournament. That is the ultimate flex. Yeah. Especially you're playing if the if there's this big rivalry with Liga Amekis, then that's like a huge flex, bro. And if then, of course, Fuck here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing that 
I was like, I'm out with the Champions League and I hope it gets better, but I'm just, I'm checked out mentally. Is every single year I see, even my friends who only watch Liam Mekis, they're just kind of like, I don't care about that, bro. I don't care. Like it's always none... Tigres, America. Yes, exactly. And and they and even some of those fans are like, yeah, but if we don't do good, whatever, or we're focusing on something else. Yeah. And it's like, well, who the who cares about it then? Like, just MLS teams care about it if we beat a Liga Amekis team and or what? Like, what's the deal? Or if a Liga Amekis team does beat an MLS team, then of course you get the comments of like, yeah, bro, your your league is trash, dude. Like a Cruz Azul was ass this year. How did they beat your best team or whatever the talking point is? So I don't know. It's too weird. I don't. I don't feel like I get that in Libertadores. If someone said, "Yeah, bro, uh, you know, I don't really care about Libertadores this year, bro. I'm just, I'm just trying to win the Argentinian league." You know, it's like, oh, the nah, fuck, no. you're lying, <laughs> nah. bro. No one cares, bro. Yeah, yeah oh, that's Palmeiras, the league to win. <laughs> exactly. And- if won the the Brazilian league. Good for them. But who won? Uh, you know, Flamengo is the team that that's flexing right now, or whatever. And, and that's you know? beef. And that's beef within that's beef. Yeah. The, the the whole continent. Exactly. You know that yes. there's you could flex. teams like River, Boca, Lanús that want to go over there. Yeah, and yeah. tell Flamengo, hey, we could probably beat you or and whatever honestly, it is. You it's know, similar to the sense of like, uh, just like in the Concacaf, where you have two countries that seem more powerful, and any other club that beats a, a club from those two countries, it's a flex. Yep. A, a Peruvian team beating River Plate or something, it's like people lose their minds. Like, holy yep. God, what's going on? Uh, and that's what you want here. I don't know if it's just because I know even there's been seasons where. I don't know if it stopped and went or I don't know. It just seemed like not number one priority for like any nation for some reason. And I hope, I hope they, they ball out. I hope every year from now, it's just serious. Everything. Now, of course your friends in, in, in LA are really pissed because you know, you go all the way to the final, you lose it. Uh, you look right. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> for, for you guys. Yes. Uh, but, but then you want to come back and fight for it, obviously. Right. You yeah, want to get 100%. round two. Let's go uh so i don't know i i hope it just brings more fans and people that care about it again it's kind of like what you guys mentioned earlier with the u.s open cup some fans like not me but some fans just didn't care about the u.s open cup at all like even if that was the only cup they could win the vibes were like yeah but it's whatever fine we'll try to win a trophy or whatever it's like no dude like a trophy is a trophy you still gotta fight for this it is it's got to be valuable you know to, to win especially a historic one like that so, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, everyone gets on the same page soon. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be two questions. One of them, well, actually, both of them towards you. Uh, one of them actually directed towards you. Oh. Uh, Alex Gutierrez. How does Kevin feel about Gavi Kinda's Kinda? departure? Yeah. Uh, I mean, part of me, Gavi Kinda was a player that, Honestly, he's a fan favorite because of his. He was just such a nice guy, and just he was kind of like Elias Sanchez when he left. I was like, God oh. damn! Like, how do we get rid of that guy? He's such a sweetheart, and like, was such Elias a good player. Sanchez. Yeah, and, um, and and but at the same time, is Gadi, you know, he had his injuries. Then when he wasn't injured, I mean, he scored like bangers against St. Louis last season. That I mean, were unreal. Uh, and, and his playmaking was great. But at the other sense. You know, selfishly, I'm like, well, that's a DP spot that is now open. You know, maybe in June, July, we we look for you know a, a nice cute one, a nice I don't know, uh, uh, an older maybe Giroud. I don't know, someone cute to come over here, help out Kansas City. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Cristiano. I don't know. It's a, it's a, 
I right no stop. Um, <laughs> I I think I'm so I'm I'm so proud that he was on our team. He was such a baller, and I I hope that you know he's continuing. You know, out where did he go? I think he went back to Israel. Um, but yeah, I just hope that his career is, just keeps flourishing. I now am like on full scout mode. I'm like, let's wh- who are we bringing in now? That's that's kind of where I'm at mentally with Gaddy leaving. Okay, uh, there's another one. Um, mm. I know you follow the Arts and Science League pretty closely. Yeah. Yeah. Newly acquired from Seattle, Lanus player, the young guy. Is he a quick yes or no question? Is he the guy? He's ball. He's a baller, dude. Yeah. Honestly, God damn like, it. God the first thing I'm, I'm serious. The first thing my older brother said, and he, I told he, this guy, he's not anti MLS, but he doesn't, he just doesn't care. He sent me a screenshot from Ole, uh, a sports agency in Argentina, and he was just like, "How did this kid go to your league?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know." Best league in the world, is, baby. Tell him. Yeah, that's right. I gotta tell him. I gotta remind him. Hey, your Premier League, he spits at that, you know, but. Uh, no, he's like a, I don't know, like from what I've heard from like some guys that work, uh, out in Argentina, they're like, it's a, which is kind of cool. I don't think this is a bad thing. He's using it as a stepping stone yeah. to get out of Argentina, go to the U S get, you know, get his name out there, then move up. I think that's perfect. I don't think that's a bad thing for the league. I think that's great. Um, I, I think he's going to be a night. I mean, I'm not the biggest Seattle guy myself either. Uh, but you've seen so- him in La News. Yeah, but in Lanus, he's he's a he's a baller. It's so young. It's like God damn it. It's like of course. So hopefully, the development wise, he goes. Here's the other thing. On the other sense, just like my Brazilian friends and Argentinian friends uh, who follow those leagues and know are starting to learn about MLS, the big fear is like, is he is he gonna just drop off in skill level? Is he gonna be is he gonna be fighting like he was in South America or maybe potentially in Europe? Uh, that's like their fear. That's always their fear, always. And and a lot of my friends are like national team focused, so they're like, I want this kid. He looks good one day to be for the national team, but is he gonna teeter off and just be like a whatever player? Uh, I don't know. But a lot of times people bring up the, uh, Diego Valeri that they're like, and this guy looked like he had such an upward, you know, upward trend, and then it just, we couldn't put him in. And it's also hard in these national teams to fit with the national teams we're talking about. It's so hard to get there, but. That's a lot of people's focus is to get those guys. Just like you guys or, or people in the U.S., they're looking at players in MLS and they're like, I want him to get here and develop good, go to Europe, play against the greatest players yeah. be- and become a legend so he could come back and hopefully give us a chance for some type of international title. So I don't know. It's like a weird thing. I'm st- I think South Americans are trying to – or just they're still learning that – to Doesn't embrace MLS. Here. Exactly, to embrace us. <laughs> because if they come over here and they're not so good, then uh, or they're well, not then doing so good, you failed. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and so. this is the thing. I think MLS has been a springboard for a lot of uh, yeah. players who want to well, – Will Almiron was one yeah, of the first guys sure. that we've seen there. Yeah. Tati Castellanos, Tati's come on. Big one. Yeah. He, yeah. Ballin. Lolito plays here, got a chance yeah. with the Uruguayan team. And then there's a lot of instances like that where you might not see – Unlike us, who have seen this league from his birth, right? Yeah. That this is the best league. It might not be the best league, but right. it is something where you could get eyes. And it's not. It might need to be as tactical, but the physicality here, just yeah. generally as a league, can prepare you to something bigger. And I love right. that for our league, especially as we're growing into better things. Yeah, um, I agree. Let, let me real quick before we get yes, off this topic because. Uh, our good friends at Scarves and Spikes, they cover Atlanta United. They're always talking about 
how much more time they have left with Thiago Almada. <laughs> and I know I bring him up, you know, because, you know, Argentina. and so I was just real quick, man. Real yeah. quick, do you think it benefits him to stay with Atlanta United or do you no. think he's gone this summer? He's, oh, he's, I mean, we're praying that he's gone this summer. I mean, all respect to my Atlanta friends, but um, yeah, I was shocked that he's been here this long. That's like the talking point in all of Argentina. First, he got in the World Cup by, I'm going to be honest, we had two injuries to get him in. Two guys were at, Lo Celso was, Lo Celso was like our guy. And when he went down, crap. Then we had um, other kid he played in Lazio went down, bad injury, and actually got kicked off because he was lying that he wasn't injured, which is a whole other thing. So he might not even play for Argentina anymore. And, and then Thiago comes in, like as a, you know, reinforcement. And of course, that was like the biggest news, like, holy crap, an MLS kid is playing or going to the Argentinian national team for a world cup, and especially that world cup, um, which meant a lot. And yeah. And then now it's like, okay, he is a baller though. He was scoring goals that just put him anywhere. The dude was hitting shots from like 40 meters out, you know, just screamers uh, that, yeah, you, you want him to go. And I, I've always said this, that I'm like national team first club second, always. Uh, So like, now I'm like, okay, I need to see how he's like, like Almiron is a great example same exact situation where he was like, this dude is so good, like so good. And then he went to Newcastle and you remember like the Balling. hype and, and it balled out and, and all that's even though he's like rumored for Saudi Arabia, but whatever. Uh, that's a different talk. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like that, that's the thing. Like this summer, he's got to be gone. I would assume he's got to go, which sucks because the highlights have been amazing. Amazing. And yeah. ESPN Argentina, like but even let's say before Messi got here, MLS was brought up zero times. And and that's he was there. We've had Argentinians in the league. Like they never talked about MLS. Before Messi, Thiago was brought up. Hi, I saw one day in the morning, I watch ESPN Argentina every morning, and then I saw a goal, like a highlight Thiago Almada screamer. And then I was like, oh my God, they're talking about MLS. What the hell is happening? And that was before Messi. Obviously, now everything's completely different, but um, that was huge. And I was so happy for him. So yeah, I don't know. And now people know people are like Atlanta fans in Argentina. But that's like hilarious. That's so sick uh, to see like Atlanta shirts down there and whatnot. So yeah, I don't know. I think he's gone in the summer. But um, if he's not gone, if I don't know if he, it's a weird thing where it seems like Atlanta, just like the Jesus Ferreira, but it's a bit different. Uh, they want the right fee because they know what they have. Uh, and I hope that doesn't bring up some bat some sourness where if he wants to get the hell out of there or whatever and he has this opportunity and atlanta's like this ain't the right amount of money what's gonna happen that's gonna be very dramatic it's gonna bring a lot of drama that atlanta does not want you know you know what though you said something a few seconds seconds ago you said how hilarious is that to see an atlanta jersey but that kind of puts us like in the talks with the premier league and stuff i know we're not there yet or or like even close or la liga and all that i know that but that's the stepping stone because yes and i'm not i'm sorry i'm not really trying to clown on you guys edgar and uh and brian but it's like people probably see it from england that are here is like how funny is it to see Bryant, an Everton fan. How funny is it to see right. Edgar, a Fulham fan, yeah. here in the States, right? That's, I mean, right. yeah, I've sure. Everton pulling through, that, baby. That's yeah. how things begin, you know, and I think that's pretty cool. You find it hilarious, but I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Desde yeah. la cuna, Everton, baby, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Liverpool, bro. Let's go. Come on, you whites, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you blues. <laughs> uh, quickly. Yeah. yeah. 
we are all here USMC fans, and I'm a double fan because La Selecta, El Salvador, you know. Yeah. But as a USMT fan, we've had these conversations. Well, especially me. Berhalter is not the guy. Is right. Peter Vermees the guy for the U.S.? Y'all don't want. Uh, trust me. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> he said no to, to a U.S. men's national league team spot yeah. like two years ago, a year ago. Which, we, like, God damn, that would have been sick. But uh, for uh, just for him to move on. Here's the thing. I know some buddies or some, some people that... W- played under Peter, okay? When played with Peter when he was a player, played under Peter when he was first starting, and the guy is fucking Captain America. I'm telling you. The guy bleeds USA and he doesn't he, again, he's no nonsense. He I don't even know how he would have handled the geo situation, okay? Benched. But I I probably, <laughs> yes, and he would probably straight up be in a press conference and be like that fucker was talking shit. I'm sick of that. And I'm not yep. going to have that on my team or, or whatever. Or daddy was bo- bothering me and I'm sick of that. He is so cutthroat that maybe that's what Team USA needs. But I will say this about Greg. I think he, it was like he had his time, like he did, did his thing. And it's just like now next chapter, like chapter two, are we bringing in a big name to come in? Uh, like a Jose Mourinho or something Ooh. psychotic, is it you know Zidane get in here or whatever, <laughs> or is that too much of a like a is that just too much of a jump where it's just too much attention on the coach, too much of whatever, more drama? I don't know. I think Peter is a dude with everything I just said before. Just ignore what I said, but <laughs> in the sense of as a coach, he's so good at like managing just attitudes and managing you know, different personalities. And now we have USA players that are, that are fucking big. Like you got guys in Europe doing good things. And you got like guys that are getting cocky because they should be They're They're balling, you know, and that's awesome. We just need a guy that can handle that. If we get another dude that's not really good at that and is awkward in, in fucking press conferences and, and makes goofy substitutions or doesn't make a <laughs> damn gut substitution, when you're down in a World Cup or whatever, uh, that's we you can't have that anymore. That's gotta be that's gotta be done. I wish, like if I put my Team USA hat on, I wish it would have been before this Copa America. Like it would have been sick to have a new coach in. And yeah, Copa America, like you, if if USA had a good coach, it would be so fucking sick that USA like knocks out like an Argentina or a Brazil or and then go to a final. Imagine in USA, whatever. But this is like. Copa America should be his last run. Just like uh, Scaloni in Argentina, Copa America should be like, this is a restart, and now we focus all on the next World Cup. New coaches, refresh, restart, even though it's going to hurt so bad that it's in our backyard and we have to deal with possibly USA not playing well. Who knows? Or Argentina not playing well, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, But it's just, what's the bigger prize? Come on. 2026 in the US. Let's go. I mean, we all know the US is going to be world champs in 2026 right the stars are aligned the stars are aligned come on because speaking of world cups the last one that won it was one of the greatest players of all time Lionel messi who is now an mls and the only reason i'm argentinian is because i'm salvadorian so by affiliation and right. by knowing them. <laughs> and, the, and the baby blue and the flag. Maybe and the baby the blues and the flags. Similar. That's right. We, we're very similar. And and there was one time that the great 
Maradona had said oh, that yeah. Jorge Magico Gonzalez was yep. the greatest footballer ever. So yeah. how are we not going to be Argentina and Salvadorans? That's right, like that's right. That's, that's true. like I have law. a lot of friends that yeah, that is a good point. And yeah, Maradona was a guy that was just so no nonsense. So if he meant, he meant that shit. Like he's it, it, you would think he'd be like, yeah, when I saw Pele in the 70s, I was like, man, I'm trying to be like him and be better than him or what. Dude was like, nah. Have you heard about this guy in El Salvador? Uh, you guys don't know about this guy. I mean, this it was either that like, or they really liked well, doing extracurricular true. activities. That <laughs> they might be homies oh. in that well, sense. <laughs> this might be Why a good time. This, this might be a good time to bring up this question. So, <laughs> oh God. Mo Football, as for you, Kevin, Uh-oh. favorite oh, soccer Mo? player outside of Messi and Maradona? Oh, God. Favorite all time. Jesus Christ. Um, so when I was younger. I didn't know I, Jesus Christ played soccer. Yeah, bro. He's <laughs> His name's Graham Zussi. You guys never heard of him? <laughs> Graham uh, Zussi. <laughs> no, man. Okay. This is weird. It's He's my favorite player just because, um, before I say his name, this is a player that played in River that I thought, like I would watch clips, my brothers would talk about him, and I thought, yeah, this is a, a hero. No one's ever going to be like him in the sense of like in a river colors but this guy uh ortega played in river plate and he was such a like the guy was a little guy he was like maradona almost he he the, the way he could control the ball the way the ball would fly around and he wasn't like this big name player that went to europe and had all these crazy you know stories like maradona did or or zidane or whatever uh, he didn't have that aura, but he played for River, that a club that I just grew up watching, and I was just like, that is our like messiah, a guy that was like, he was so happy. That's why I love Messi because he always had a good attitude. He wasn't even like a cocky guy. The guy was Ortega was just like smiling on the pitch and just having a good time, heading the ball, scoring the most insane, goofy goals. That was my favorite player. There was another guy named Bellucci that I talked about recently that I loved watching, who also. Dude, not a big name. Like probably nobody knows who he is. But the la- like four years of me wa- like developing and watching football, I watched this guy that he was only there for two years and or two or so years, and he was so fun to watch. It was so cool to watch, and that's where I I, I that's where I keep those memories. It wasn't like this big name player or like Maradona or Messi or whatever. But but then it became Messi only because I he was the actual player that I remember watching from like little hairy fucking Messi running around with Ronaldinho all the way to when he went to PSG. I get, I got to see the whole art, you know? Uh, And that's why I have like just weird, just like a lot of people, just weird bonds with him, uh, like spiritually. Like I love that. I got to see the whole thing. And now of course I get to see him retire, which is sick. Uh, But yeah. So I think when people say, what's your favorite player? Like that's, I don't. I don't mean the best. I, that's what I mean. I don't mean no, he's the best I, player. And I can relate because it's like uh, maybe to some people is obvious, but I feel like my generation and the future ger- generations is not that obvious, uh, right? Because yeah. I was a late bloomer, uh, and my and my favorite player. I was learning the game and yeah. watching it. I didn't really have a Premier League team at first. Uh, I. I picked Chelsea out of spite. Now t- uh-huh. I can tell you that story after. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. my favorite player, one watching the game and stayed as my favorite player, and unfortunately, a lot of Galaxy fans have a, a poor perspective of him. Is Steven Gerrard? Oh the yeah, let's go, Stevie G. I, yeah, hell yeah, I the love the most Stevie complete G. player that I've yeah. ever seen play this game to this day. Don't mention Nobody the can play the both sides of the ball like he can, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, he was great. 
I love Stevie G. That yeah. I'm a Liverpool. I became a Liverpool fan that same year. I became a sporting fan. I just wanted a team in Europe, and Liverpool had like we had. Oh no, did we have Mascherano? I or no, I think he just left. I can't remember, but we had one Argentinian, or maybe it was Maxi. Maxi was there, and I'm like, yes, let's go. I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm I'm gonna root for this team. Plus, they don't like the royal family. They don't even like to be called English. I, I love that. It's like a Liverpool thing. And I'm like, hell yeah, this is my team. So I get that. And Stevie G, legend, icon. Come on. I love that. That's a good answer. So, uh, Kevin, <clears throat> we had uh, last season, we had a conversation with a, a new friend of the show, uh, Matt Baker from yeah. the STL um, Flyover Footy podcast. He, fortunately, that episode never aired because we didn't hit record. No, no, no. no. Let's keep it real. Let's, hold on, hold on. You always I forgot to get record. It wasn't oh, you, okay. Edgar. Edgar, you're an angel. Yeah, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> I'm the dumbass. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. That we had we had this wonderful conversation with him where we were talking about the history of the city of St. Louis and the, the the development of soccer in the United States and how important the city has been. Uh, I mentioned how in the 1980s, when people were very anti-soccer in the United States, mm. St. Louis was the one location where the U.S. could actually call itself home because Anheuser-Busch actually poured a lot of money into building the U.S. a training academy, a camp, and a stadium where they would play their home games. And nobody else cared about soccer at the time. And then yeah. obviously that's changed you know, over the last 30, uh, almost 40 years now. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, right, St. Louis has an MLS team. A lot of people wondered why didn't have one from the very beginning. Right. And, but Kansas City did. So um out of nowhere you guys have a rivalry i think in the past your rivals were either colorado or chicago if i'm not we rsl was a big one because that 2013 final was so dramatic that every oh, time yeah. we played each other we like it was fights red cards and stuff like that colorado was one too and then the league forced minnesota on us but no one different demographic you guys are both cold right that's true i guess that's what it was and they said they called it the friendliest rivalry it was like this this horrible it was just honestly it was propaganda they were just trying to make a rivalry dude mls throughout the years has been really cringe so don't worry about that come on yeah it is gonna get even cringier before we get to be at least top 20 yeah i agree i agree yeah, what do you so, mean top 20? We're number one. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. We're number one. It my slipped. Bad. The slip again. Damn. My bad. My bad. Greatest well, league well, in the world, baby. MLS. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, Edgar. So what I was getting at, too, was like, you know, we did, you know, we did talk to him. And one of the things that he brought up was like, hey, you know, uh, you guys got to come down here. We have these smoke masters out, you know, in the, in the, in the, you know, in the parking lots before the games. The tailgates are amazing. And he's like, and then, you know, we asked him about, hey, what about Kansas City? I know from my time living in Kansas, there's always that border war rivalry with Kansas and Missouri. The right. Yahoos versus the Jayhawks, right? Right. I mean, the Wahoos. The Wahoos and so right. um, I'm like, are you guys going to, you know, something going to happen? Is, you know, is it going to be organic? Do you think the league's going to force it? And then all of a sudden he's like, it's kind of exists already. He goes, we're, we're, like, we've been tossing around some names, but because of the fact that there's Kansas City barbecue and there's St. Louis barbecue, a lot of people right. have been calling it the Darbecue. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, give me, give me the sounds claps, pretty bro. badass. Give me the hand claps. And then we were, we were like, are you gonna have smoke masters from kansas city and st louis you know in the, you know in the same right, parking lot and out. have and batter it out to see who has the tastiest barbecue that sounds <laughs> the most delicious darby yeah. i ever want to see so from your point of view uh how do you see st louis inclusion into the league and what do you think about the barbecue yeah i think when they came in i i'm all for more teams with, or more cities with with teams because like 
like I'm KU all the way through. I became KU family members that went to KU. Uh, I just don't like anything Missouri. I never did. And even down to the history, I'm like, yeah, they, they've never been on a good side of history, but at least they had, <laughs> uh, they had some, some U S soccer history. And, and that's like the weirdest thing. A lot of this was so goofy because how it how some of this started was a small podcast, which had like 300 followers titled themselves as the soccer capital of America podcast or whatever the hell they called themselves. And then Sporting already had a podcast with that name. And because they have to follow copyright, which I totally disagree with this because I went through the same shit with them. Um, they had to do the cease and assist. Then it started. This all happened before we even touched a ball and between each other. And, and then it rolled into people, you know, obviously that podcast got bigger because of that. It's just great marketing. But you know, it wasn't their fault that sporting freaking had to do the cease and assist or they lose their freaking copyright. Whatever. Anyways, it was so cringe, so annoying. And, and then it got into the talks of like, what is the real soccer capital? I'm going to let you know, up until last year, I didn't even know Kansas City called themselves that. I have zero idea that was even a thing. I knew the U.S. Net men's national team trained here. There's a training facility. I know all that. I know all of that. Um, but I didn't know anything about anything else. I didn't know about St. Louis. I know nothing about Missouri. So when that stuff was coming up, it was just like so annoying. And then with the barbie or the barbecue or like the name thing, it was it felt to me it felt forced. But I let that conversation happen to to actual Kansans and actual Missourians or whatever they're called. I I think that's up to them. To me, I don't think of it as a rivalry only because like it just came out of nowhere for me. Now, the other thing is a lot of those fans were sporting fans. Uh, the talk for behind the scenes, especially some players, were just kind of like, "Well, if they they're so passionate, what happened to these last twenty five years or thirty years that they never mm. had an MLS team? And they didn't even what what's going on? And all all St. Louis could do is get rid of professional sports teams. They just leave. Mm. And 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 that's where I was just like, I don't. That's a good point. I have no idea. So I was mm. even learning about that. I'm like, wait, that is true. Mm. I mean, and then here's the other thing: they do the they do the Uruguay thing. They do the Uruguay thing where they go. You know, we won fifty thousand cups uh, before you. <laughs> before like, anybody brother. played soccer with shoes on. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, there was no offsides, and we won nine uh, U.S. The cups. Balls so, right. and, and like, the balls were coconuts. The balls were coconuts. See, the 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 trophy thing is hilarious. But here's the thing: what did come out of it? Eventually, I think it is now starting to become a real rivalry. Maybe, hopefully, uh, it, I can't base it off of a year, but. There was a lot of shit talking. They beat us so, several times during the regular season. And then we had to bounce their ass out so hard Oof. that Beautiful. in that moment oh, was man, the closest. That was savage. That was the closest I felt like I was watching a River Boca game and we beat Boca. That was the closest time where my mood, the rest. I went into Houston, which is the team that kicked us out. Brother, if you pull up my stream, I was chilling. I was like, Ache, Ache, score 10 goal. I don't give a shit, dude. We we did it because the noise was so annoying. And here's the thing that I, I took it a little personally because mm. I had a cease and assist. I went through the same BS and I supported the podcast. But my DMs, my fucking tag was just nothing but horrific nonsense for like an entire season. It was just like, how could you support them? Oh, season, Mr. Cease and Desist. All this shit when people didn't know I went through the same shit. The exact same shit. Like I had to change everything. I had to do so many things. Just to be kind of cool with the club at the time, uh, so it, it it rubbed me the wrong way. So now I'm like, look, 
I'm cool with hella St. Louis fans. Uh, I think because we got to kick them out, it was like uh, now we're kind of it feels even again. It feels like okay. humbled, a little <laughs> bit humbled. humbled, right? I mean, humbled. I so what I I'm hearing, yeah, yeah, is an original '96 team had a new team come into their city, into their Region. geographical vicinity. X fans have said, of said uh, '96 team went to that team and now they want to bark at you, huh? Right. Where has that happened? Right, right. That's where that's has that happened? Familiar, where has it? that happened? <laughs> yeah, and, and guess what? Here's the other thing. You guys said it at the very beginning, and I'm still credit to them. Obviously, this doesn't because it's still sorry on the Kansas side now. But they had they basically get a fucking history book of what not to do and what to do. Yeah, where to put your stadium? Yep. That was a big mistake on our end. They put in yeah. the lap dab in the middle or in their damn downtown. You know, perfect, sick. What yeah. what to do with pre games? What to do with supporter groups? What yep. not to do? What all that stuff you learn slowly, just like with you guys. You have a neighbor now that they noisy neighbors. Like they get the, noisy neighbors. They seem noisy like neighbors. they're they they get now they get a lot of the attention. And you guys just went through hell with a with a certain guy too. So there's that. But um, but th- you guys have the same feeling as us, where we're just like we got to get back to refresh. We used to be a gold standard. It became a bronze standard. And everybody is ahead of us now, and we got to get back. And also, those people, it's funny. It's like deja vu. Or they forget what happened because, listen, you guys were our fans, <laughs> brother. You were yeah, in our stadium, so dude. you knew the vibes before, yep. and now you get this. It's it's like a weird – I don't know. It's a weird thing. But I honestly will say a lot of St. Louis fans, after the playoffs, after all that, are now coming back going, all right, there is there are benefits to joining MLS in 2023. Like, yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. And, and say San Jose or San Jose. Uh, what's the news? Uh, the new team. The the <laughs> not loyals. The, the whatever the other California team that is joining for next year. Oh, San Diego loyal. Oh, San Diego. Yes. Yeah, San Diego. The San Demons. Right. No, <laughs> San... I'm sorry, not San Diego loyal. <laughs> the, San Diego they FC. were the FC, right? They should have been the loyal, but the whales uh, penis. Those guys. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, what? They're gonna wait. Hold up. Uh, those guys are gonna have a, a the same thing. They're gonna look at what St. Louis did, what Austin did, what LAFC did, yeah. and they're gonna have a head start. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's interesting. In the future, I don't know if we're done at, I, like, there are rumors of like, I don't know. The commissioner said he wants a certain fixed amount or whatever. Nonsense. Thirty-two. Thirty-two right? was like the number. I don't know. Where yeah. are we? Are we there or no? We're at thirty right now. I think. Oh, we're okay. thirty-one. Or thirty-one. Now we have one more. Jesus. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. I think it's uh very American to do that because the NBA does that, the NFL <laughs> yeah. does that, and right. you have a certain standard when it comes to playoffs and all that stuff. The thing is, though, the market aspect of it, it's mm. bar none, hands down, the top thing that can make you money. Right. Yeah. And you want and you want drama, you want yes. drama. Kansas playing St. Louis. Yes, in the first round, sure. see who owns the state. You have right. in in our state, you have three and then coming four, four the San yeah. Diego, Saint uh San Jose, LAFC, and us. And then you have it on the other side with well, Miami, Orlando, then you have NYFC, Red Bulls, and then you have Cincy dude. It, it's dude, yeah. it's building up to be something yes. That we could really be proud of. Yes. Because sure. the, yep. as much as you hate these San Luis fans, right. we hate 
our LAOC fans. We right. hate our San Jose fans. We hate our right. San Diego fans. Upcoming, and even yes. in, in, in Texas, yeah, oh, yeah, Dallas, sure. Austin, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's getting to that point where it's going to be, already said it, the best league in the world. Right, right. <laughs> yes, I agree. This is, the, it's totally not a bad thing. So like, now that it feels like a bigger or a better rivalry, not just because uh, an email was sent, I think, yeah, I think that's great. That's a feel. That's a good feeling, uh, especially like New York. Like New York had this team in New Jersey. It felt like they're missing this market. And then you have this team playing in a baseball stadium. But then that team is about to get a baseball or a baseball stadium. They're about to get their own stadium and a freaking good location. And yeah. it's going to be nasty. And you guess all, and th- those big cities like you guys, and New York, these are the biggest markets, dude. This is where the money is. At. This is where like the fans are. This is where the immigrants are. This is gonna be great. I mean, great. What? There's a rivalry, sure, in England. You got like this town hates that town, and oh, it's been like that for a hundred years. Yeah, but Liverpool, you know Everton. How- right, exactly. But but <laughs> you have in the U.S. You have people that are so passionate about their their little borough or their yeah. side of their city. Compared to the other side of this, it's so awesome that that's coming up and it's grow. It's in in basketball, you see it in other sports, but in football and soccer, it's gonna be. Yeah, gonna and, and the thing up. is, because it's such a big country, yeah, the boroughs that you're talking about is gonna be very intense in that certain yeah. region yes. of the country. Yeah, and that that just makes better for American players that want to come up into the system, or like we just mentioned earlier, people that want to. Use this okay. as a jump board to the yep. next level, and and yep. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, we got one go more ahead, topic Edgar. to cover before we head out because we're at two hours and we <laughs> love talking to you. And I know we're gonna talk more to you, dude. You've yeah. been fucking great, bro. Progresses. Hey, thanks. This you've is why great. we started uh, but, early, um, so we can go on forever. <laughs> 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 go ahead, Edgar. Go so, ahead. There is there is one thing we wanted to ask you because I know you mentioned this, uh, you know, in, in Twitter, and you know, I think you mentioned it in your pod as well, and. You know, so it's Argentino, and you were really excited about Messi coming to MLS. Obviously, yeah. you know he didn't come to KC. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but you know what? He's still gonna be here on there. I mean, you, you heard uh, Miami's gonna be playing against us, uh, you know, SKC, and it's not gonna be at uh, you know at the you know at the, at the Blue Hell and, and yeah, not, that's what they call it. It's gonna be at Arrowhead Stadium, right. which is massive. I mean, I've been there before. It's a huge stadium. Yeah, and you were really excited about like, yeah, I'm gonna get some tickets. <laughs> I'm gonna get some tickets. What happened with that? Nah. Well, okay, here's the thing. I I love that they moved it because this is like, just like with Pele, when he came here, it was like a circus show. They showed him around the whole league. It was like a big deal. And that's when soccer was like, that was like a whole other world when Pele was here. So imagine Pele came here. I mean, they would be moving stadium, you know, games to bigger stadiums, get the money, get the more viewers. In my point of view, the price is is insane, you know, but at least... It's 22,000 seats. That was, I wasn't even going to get a chance to pray to go to that game. It was, that's it. That's sold out, done. I'm not even going to get a chance. At least when you have a 60, 70,000 seat stadium, the tickets will be pricey or whatever, but you get a chance to go. If I wanted to take a family member and like go, I'm going to splurge. This is going to be our one time to see Messi actually playing soccer before he's literally like in crutches. This is it. Um, it's great. So I know sporting uh, people took it all different type of people. Some of the like old heads were really pissed off. Um, season ticket holders. Some of them got screwed over for sure. 
I don't some of the like the seating was goofy. I don't really know understand the whole situation, but of course they were upset because you know they had a nice juicy little spot next to the field or whatever. Now they're further back or whatever the deal is. Um, but for me, it, it was it's just the opportunity for more people to go. That that was it. I don't think I'm going. I, I'm not going. I, I I've already kind of told everyone like don't surprise me with tickets. I'm not going, but I'm I'm happy that more people get to go. Um, just the people that were upset about it, I just thought it was like, guys, some, I know this is like, messy is not messy for everyone. They just, some people do not care like at all, which is totally fine. Um, so when he, when this, when they heard this news, people were just kind of like, what the hell? This is embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. This guy's going to be here for maybe another season and he's chow. Okay. He's done. All right. If that, okay. Cause rumor, there's many rumors. Anyways, the thing is. I don't know if we're going to have another, like, what else? What's the next one? We're going to wait another 50 years before we get another Messi-esque guy or, or like, another Neymar-esque player or Ronaldo player to come here and, and bring more attention. This is such a good way to, to um, grow the game. But here's the problem. MLS, I think they did the, a horrible job with, with how this has been going last season. This, the tickets for these games are so, so disgusting that it's like, no, the normal people are not going to these games, right? We all know that. The problem is we are playing in stadiums that are 22,000 seaters, all right? Goddamn backyards compared to him playing in Cap Now where you had 80, 100,000 people where, yeah, you had some of the rich heads and then you had some people that got snuck in $50 tickets and, you know, got to say, I went to Cap Now, I got to watch Messi. It's like, bro, we have to do that for now. We have to do it. Uh, moving the games would be sick. I wish we played more football stadiums if it was possible or or whatever. But, of course, there's football season. There's college football. You have that problem as well. Uh, so it makes it hard. But, yeah. But, but I don't know. I just don't think – I know I'm biased, so it's, like, really hard for me to, like, take that hat off. But I just think the more eyes or more opportunity people to go and see him and just say you could and be part of, like, that history. And, and then, yeah, it's the end of his career. But you get to – you know, I, I would go – I would want to see Neymar. If it wasn't Messi and Neymar was here, Ugh. I would go to Arrowhead. Listen. Yeah. Neymar. Hey, hey, hey. No, there's no Neymar slander in this freaking As, as a Barcelona right? fan, uh, dude, as a Barcelona fan, he should have never been on that team, to uh, be honest. It, it, whoa. Oh. Yeah, oh. I'll tell you that. Oh, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Something that uh, Edgar's, <laughs> Edgar's brought up. Uh, I guess in a scale of uh, as a player, or how do I even phrase this? Like uh, Neymar's not top no, five no, no, in his no, no, generation. We're not, we're not talking about Neymar. No. <laughs> uh, Wrong person. <laughs> so, right, the MLS has to keep moving the needle, right? Edgar is always manifested, or not always, but lately, uh, Edgar's like three times his age. Uh, Edgar's manifested uh, <laughs> Mbappe to the Galaxy, right? Uh, what if uh, Mbappe right. comes now? That means no Champions League. Right. He has a World Cup already, right? right. Um is that like no, but a failure in Mbappe's career? Like somehow oh. the MLS breaks the bank and mm. gives them a record deal, world deal, aside from Saudi Arabia, because we can never match yeah, whatever Saudi Arabia nah. was going to give anybody. We're going to have to do the same thing with Messi. Have like every team pay. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> How do you see that? Like, do you see that as a one day possibility where it's like, damn, this is the next Messi. We're going to get him I before think... he even wins the Champions League. <laughs> right. I mean, depending on how like the because you remember all these super league talks and these weird champions league new formats and all these things are changing that the aura of going like yeah 
because everyone right now is going to go, it's going to look really bad if he leaves Europe and goes to Saudi Arabia for the rest of his career because he never got to be on top of a European club and he plays in, you know, Uber Eats or whatever. But <laughs> I, I'm going to say this. <laughs> no, nah, hold, oh hold on. Hold on. Hold the fuck up. <laughs> Listen. Uber Eats FC, bro, they, they got, I'd be the they, captain. I could eat. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, that shit has a, a name, a ring to it. Better been, better than DoorDash <laughs> FC. Yeah, hey, what, what would be the what would be the colors of Uber Eats FC? Is it is wait what is there? Black, green, is and white. Green? Red, Black, and white. green. Oh, okay. Black, green, and Red, white. Uh, so awesome uh, colors. Fuck that. Awesome colors. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, we love I think you guys. If you Austin. came here, like obviously, selfishly, would be like, yeah, bro, come out here. But but the thing is, it, the players are. I know players in their heads what he won a world cup do you i don't think he goes i want a world cup i can chill because nah. he won it so young that now he's like oh what else can i do if he comes out here what would it be like i want more money i want uh more attention he has the attention dog is a ball it's like holland coming here it's like Oof. everyone's gonna be like oh god if holland came here and played for New York City FC. You now you're know, talking nasty, be... bro. Now you're talking yeah. nasty. This, this, this would be, hey, both of them over here would be crazy, but <laughs> it would be, One day. it would take so much. Yeah, it would be, it would take so much that it would be like European football is just not, doesn't have the, the aura anymore. The Champions League is ass or the Super League exists and like there's no competition anymore. Then I could see players going like, oh, hell no. I want to be able to play multiple teams at any level and, and, and prove that I'm such a baller and blah, blah, blah instead of playing the same five teams because they paid to be there. Right. That would I would see that. So it's like kind of messed up to say this, but like pray for like a super league or something for Europe just to make it a mess for players to come out here. That Fo makes sense. Follow-up question. Super yeah. league happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you break the bank and say it's undisclosed? Like somehow in the day and age of the internet, it doesn't get out. You pay. Is it worth paying all the money in the world to get Holland and Mbappe kind of like uh, at the same time kind of like young, you think it young. pays off do you think it pays off and kind of like the it's only two players hold on kind of like the Kansas City proposed deal to Cristiano right, with with Ronaldo yeah um that one's different cuz he's an old man but no, if they chill. came in young <laughs> he's still a baller they came in he's still I mean <laughs> He would do the he would do the messy factor where he, we would have like a billion people watching us and yeah. who the fuck watched Saudi League? I didn't even know it existed. So <laughs> me neither. Now, and people think the same thing about MLS. Trust me, people are like, I barely even know how to watch it. Now with Apple and all the shit, we would have been crazy. But if you bring those two young, worth it. Imagine the training sessions where you got now players are playing alongside these. Mbappe could score a goal off of the most filthy touch ever. And you're going to see that every training session, every training session, your goalkeeper is going to have to defend goals against Kylian Mbappe, okay? And then potentially you have to play against Haaland at 27 or whatever. Let's pretend it's a couple years uh, from now. That would be humongous. Plus the eyes. It's it's like a trickle effect. I would say it's worth it. I would even tell Sport, fuck it. Even though he's going to play for, none of those players are going to play for sporting. Make make some of our portion of our, our earnings to those players because that's going to pull in. Messi coming here is great, but obviously the story of him being older and kind of just vibing and doing his whatever thing is always going to make those other fans of other players or other leagues go, yeah, but that's not still not a serious league. If we get serious players at their peak performance here, oh, dude, 
Premier a whole different level. It's a whole different level. Then we'll re- we'll really be saying MLS is the. We'll say number one for real. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's already. What do you mean? It's already, it already is number one. This is the greatest league of all right. time. Just because we suck that much. Nah. Right. Nah, nah. Imagine, imagine uh, implementing DPS in Europe. Come on, they couldn't do it. <laughs> they don't want to do what to do with that. They wouldn't exactly. know what to do with no, that. No, no. Come on, that's scary. You, you will no. see Luton Town winning championships. Come on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. Um, Kevin, thank you again for fucking joining oh. us for two hours, dude. Yeah. We had go. no idea <laughs> we we're gonna go on for this long. No but again, thank you. You've been. Um, very vocal with your statements. Uh, we love the fact that you are who you are, especially Thank because you. you can say fuck on your show, just like us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, exactly. once again, thank you again for joining us uh, on this special Thursday episode of yeah. News Across the Galaxy. Um, everybody who's tuning in, we're going to try to do more of these where we talk about uh, other teams and have them come in. Ooh, ooh, and- could I announce the next one? Oh, well, hold on. Okay, I'll, I guess the, who the fuck on? Not even teasing it. I know, chill, bro. Let me set up the fucking oh, thing. Oh, I can but tease. God I'm damn. cool. I'm cool. <laughs> you're not a great tease, by the way. That's why you're behind the camera. <laughs> stay behind <laughs> the camera. Stay behind oh. the camera. Yeah, stay behind the camera. Uh, but it is. It is that uh, we've talked to a couple people from our other league, and uh, we are privileged to have you in in our in our index of people that we've talked to no th- no seriously thank you guys for having me it's it's always fun doing these especially uh, it's harder during the season i'm like just yeah. like you guys are aware and it's a nightmare so like when we get to sneak in right before i'm all for it and it's it's always fun and it, plus like i said i never really got to talk to galaxy guys and and get their point of view and 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 we are similar in so many ways just you have uh three more cups than us but whatever uh no big deal um, we're originals baby we're originals yeah, yeah exactly blue blood stay together that's right but thank you guys for having me seriously yeah and then hopefully fun. uh when the season starts if we do play yeah. each other which we will um yes. we would love to have you back um yeah, so, yeah, if you're I'm open down. to that you have the open invitation right now to join us back again Hell and talk yeah. some more shit because yeah. I'm mad at the fact that you guys have Alan Polido and he's not on my team because I Let's want go. that guy on my team. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Johnny, I look, my team's pretty sexy sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's pretty good. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Edgar? Uh, yeah. How you doing? <laughs> Hey, what's up, man? Hey, thanks a, man. thanks a lot, Kevin. Man. I really appreciate it. I'm still out here in your backyard. Yeah, man. thanks. Like, Stay out here. Lot. Enjoy it. You got to let them out. It. Get let them out. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to start chanting Rock Shock Jayhawk. Maybe, Let's you know, go. Baby Jay will come out here and get me. Bring me back home to Allen Fieldhouse. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad. I didn't even know you're a freaking Jayhawk. Let's go. I love I love to hear that. <laughs> there oh, it yeah. is. Um, Before we leave, um, Kevin, Kevin Chill, mm-hmm. El Kevin. El boludo. El boludo. <laughs> yes. Uh, a sci-fi, a sci-fi, uh, Messi being the greatest. Um, you're number two, sir. <laughs> Let's go. You can, I'm coming for you, Messi. All right. Watch your ass, baby. I'll see you. I'll see you, Kansas City. P- plug Let's in where, where people can find you. I think everything as of, as of right now is all Kevin C H O underscore TV. And if it's not that, then try harder. Look a little better. But uh, <laughs> perfect. It's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, threads. I don't even know everything. Thank you, Edgar. Hey, Kevin. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, 
I always tell this to people that join us, our nagging friends, which is, uh, yes, we really appreciate invite. what you do, man. Because like, uh, you know, we, we were talking before we came on about what's going on with journalism. And, you know, is pods like yours, you know, pods like the ones in Charlotte, Atlanta, Chicago, you know, Colorado, St. Louis, Colorado, yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. These are the guys that, you know, really passionate about the clubs that care about the club, you know, enough to get in front of a mic and, you know, and, and give you the news and say, it, you know, straight without any kind of like uh, filter and you know, yes, it's just from straight from the source, man. So thank you so yeah. much for what you do. Thank you so much for joining us. And we really look forward to having you on again, you know, during the season. Um, anyway, you guys can find me uh, on Twitter, on Instagram is Edgar Nags. And now to Mr. Eddie. Hey. Yeah. Uh, to echo what uh, Edgar said, thank you so much, man, for being on. And you, we know as podcasters, it's like we do this out of passion. There's no sure. money. Yes. There's no, no. There's no gratitude. People hate us too. <laughs> you know, not everyone agrees with us, right? So yeah. we definitely, definitely do appreciate what you do because uh, we love the league. I don't know if we've yeah. mentioned that before. We love the league, despite yeah. the assholes that like you know try to burn Hair down the down. ten freeway uh, <laughs> on the street. Number one in the league, baby. Let's go. Number one no, in the world. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we are doing our best here to just bring you you know the most entertaining. Uh, we, we're trying to connect the league as much as we can, uh, bringing special guests. Of uh, obviously, Kevin Cho is like an amazing guest. Uh, your even with your background, you know, the ghost of Milkinson has been like roaming <laughs> That's around. That's right, baby. He's forever <laughs> in here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, not to take the shine away from uh, from Kevin Cho, but we're happy to announce that on Sunday, on Sunday we'll have another live show. Hopefully, you can tune in. And throw yeah, some comment, yeah. money Let's if go. you want to. We we take super <laughs> chats. Donations, uh, we, I bet. Uh, we have Christian Polenko from the Cooligans. Hey, Cooligans, our yeah. Cooligan brother. Yes, Let's joining go. us on Sunday. So that's super dope. But uh, you can find me on social media as Eddie Nags. Uh, I think that's all my social medias are Eddie Nags, except my MySpace. Don't look for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, my MySpace is Lil right. Pimp sixty nine. No. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys can find me as Bryant Nags on Instagram uh, slash X Twitter, whatever it's called now. All of them. And as usual, when the stands, when the Galaxy plays, or when somebody talks shit about the Galaxy, I'll be there just like taking it because we do suck. So <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah. Once again, thank you to Kevin, um, the Kevin Cho show. Yes. Kevin Cho bottom, what is it? Uh, underscore TV. That's right. Uh, yes. Make, make sure you guys follow him, follow his rants, because the last rant you made was fucking amazing. And I love when you just straight up tell people to shut the fuck up. Yeah, for real. Let's go. We need more of that. Come on. And I love this shit. Uh, from Bryant. Yes, sir. Uh, big uh, forgetting. And everybody in the chat. Yeah, exactly. That's everybody what I'm saying. in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are fucking amazing. <laughs> we figured a way to make this happen, by the way. Because Kamicho actually is like, you know, he's got his personal life to deal with. And this is the time he was available. So we appreciate you, but we also appreciate the people that tuned in at this time. So yeah, thank everyone. And thank it's been about sixty league. million or whatever it was. Sixty-seven million, sir. Chill. Let's go. Sixty-seven million. That's all. That's all on the chat. <laughs> but yeah, you guys in the chat have been amazing. Uh, thank you for the guys' questions. Um, very insightful. This is how I know MLS fans in general are tuned in. It matters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're asking like real questions. Except for this question, why are you a little bitch? What the fuck, bro? 
Why you gotta? That, why you that gotta actually ask? might be a pretty deep question. I don't know. Let's think about it. <laughs> why am I a little bitch? Yeah. I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> so that does it from us. Uh, a news across the galaxy. Kevincho. Kevin. Thank El boludo, el boludo. Thank you for having <laughs> Thank me. Thank you for joining us. Uh, from Brian, Edgar, Kevin, Eddie, and the ones and twos. We are out of here. Thank you once again, joining the News Across the Galaxy gang. As always, keep on nagging. Yeah. Keep yeah. on nagging. Keep on nagging.